Hi, my name is Jamie, and this is Mel, and I didn't make no stupid intro because I want to finish this shit. This movie fucking sucks. (laughs) And this is Boo Crime Fucking Podcast. like just yesterday that we tried to record this episode for the first time and that was my joke (laughs) that was really funny i'm just trying to like not talk and just go honestly this movie it needs to go to hell like that is why it is named jason goes to hell because we're gonna send it there you're gonna send it there personally i'm gonna do a whole ceremony and forever That, and we'll never movie. talk about it again. Actually, I'll probably mention how much uh, we were cursed while trying to record. Um, every step of the way, I feel like it's a, it's held us back. It's really, you know, it's really nothing. Nothing was working for us, but here we are, part two. It's like some, it's like some karmic, cosmic yes. shit because we just talked so much shit about it, and it took so long to finally record because it just sucked so much, and then we finally mm-hmm. tried to record. And then and my internet failed and then I was yeah. gone for a week. Like it's been crazy. Yeah, but... it's been crazy, but we're doing it right now and we're just going to do it. We're just going to finish it. And it's going to be half as hilarious as the last one would have been, but who fucking cares? Let's just, let's just do it. Oh, Jamie, that two hours of recording is in the ether. Nobody will ever hear it. It's gone. It's like, forget it. Like forget those two hours of your life ever happened. Those two hours begin today. Yeah, and I don't even remember the movie, and I'm already on drink number three. <laughs> we're so. going to do so good. It means we're going to do great. So I'm going to jump right into the IMDb facts, which I totally cut down, so I'm not taking up 10 minutes of anybody's time on this film. Beautiful, wonderful, <laughs> lovely movie. Just just picture us like those people who play like that fucking, like play chess, but they have the timer. Like oh, that's yeah. going to be us. It, and we yeah. do have the timer. We actually, uh, Zencaster is telling me we have 117 free minutes left. Um, and we love you, Zencaster. We love you, Zencaster. And we love if you would just let us have more time for free. Um, but yeah, that being said, this movie, guys, is called Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. And it's really funny that it's called The Final Friday because there are three movies after this one. So the original title of the movie was Friday the 13th, part nine, the dark heart of Jason Voorhees. Uh, That's way better. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know why they changed it to the final Friday. Like you can't, you don't know for sure if it's going to be the last one. It makes so much sense after you watch it. But this goes to hell. Like that was like one minute of the movie. They should have called it. The dark French kiss of Jason Voorhees, because that's mostly what this movie is. Like, that's the plot. Tongue fuck. Tongue fuck by Jason Voorhees. Anyways, the director's name is Adam Marcus, and I'm going to have a couple things to say about Adam Marcus uh, a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, They they might not be good. Sorry, Adam. But, (laughs) you know, like, the ball dropped a little bit. This was written by Jay Hughley, Adam Marcus, 
uh, Dean Laurie, the production company, which we've never mentioned before, but I think we should start mentioning New Line Cinema. Um, I can't wait till we get to those Tubi movies that have like 17 production companies because everybody chipped in maybe like 2K to make like a grand total of like 10k for like some of the things i can just watch. picture the like new line like coming up on the screen but like yes. yeah the other movies that we yeah i'm just you know thinking of ones? like puppet master i'm just yeah. thinking of like any like full moon productions but then there's like 10 other ones you know the one Maybe. that has like the blood or is like the wine coming out of the wine glass and it become like it's like uncorked media or whatever it's called like oh, that uncorked oh yes. that's all too oh good thing that's what I'm saying, baby. 17 other production companies. But yes, let's get into the cast. We've got stars John D. LeMay as Steven. Carrie Keegan as Jessica. Kane Hodder, of course, as Jason and a bodyguard. And Stephen Williams as Creighton Duke. Now, I've got a little fun fact about Mr. Stephen Williams here. He would only play the bounty hunter Creighton Duke if he could dress <laughs> as a cowboy. <laughs> like, why I love not? that for him. Sure. Why not? This guy is unhinged. I respect him. I feel like I feel a part of me. Like, you know, that that just unhinged. <laughs> I feel that I love him. Um, he's like, but another- I bet he's like a like one of those uh like character actors or what is it? Is it character actors that like method. Get into- method, method actor? <laughs> he he was Creighton Duke the whole time during filming there was no way that he's not that guy he's like the ace vench i mean the jim carrey of like shitty b movies totally and i honestly think he was probably like demon hunting i bet you he slept in his like duster in a cemetery like i he probably went up to all sorts of shit to just get in the mindset so if we didn't have stephen williams playing creighton duke our boy, Tony Todd, a.k.a. the original Candyman and the mortician in all of the Final Destinations, he also auditioned for the role of Creighton. So no, wouldn't have, it just, wouldn't have worked. He's too chill. Too chill. Yeah, not unhinged enough. No, definitely not sleeping in a cemetery in a duster, which I made up, and I'm sticking <laughs> to that Definitely not image. hiding in bushes and... <laughs> Oh, you got fingers. Some, yeah, there's some weird, some weird quotes that Creighton throws out in this movie. And I just feel like Tony Todd is too classy of a man to yeah, say that. Yeah, for sure. Now, shout out to the effects group. Our gore is done by K and B. It was founded by Robert Kurtzman, Greg Nicotero, and Howard Berger. These guys are gods of their craft. Nicotero mm-hmm. and Berger were trained under the legend Tom Savini for George Romero's Day of the Dead. And the rest was history. Um, And they have about 718 credits on IMDb. Chances are, if you've seen it and loved it, there is a good chance that they have been a part of it. Now, that being said, this movie is garbage, but it's not their fault. So we know all the effects are sick as fuck. Yeah. I also want to know who did Dawn of the Dead, because that's my favorite blue zombies. (laughs) I feel like that's Savini. Yeah? yeah, I love it. I love a blue face zombie. I, I Dawn know, of the Dead is, is my favorite zombie movie, like the OG Dawn of the Dead. OG and you know what's funny is like the remake totally changed my life. I watched it on a bit of acid, and yeah, terrifying. Oh, I love the remake too. Yeah, <laughs> the remake is yeah. so good, so good. And I love those zombies, which is like because they don't eat dogs. Yeah, I they like don't it care about the animals. Ship just makes it right through there, no problem. 
Yeah. So that's my favorite because I know (laughs) I wouldn't have to worry about my dogs. You know, they could just follow me. And they could just be, they could follow the zombies and eat all of the rest of the entrails that they're not finishing. The animals would be fine. The humans, however, are fucked. As long as it's only human to get the disease and not animals. Yes. Agreed. That's another podcast. Yes, true. (laughs) For anyone who's not familiar with the Friday the 13th franchise, the previous movie is Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. It was released in 1989. Now, allegedly, there is a comic book that bridges that movie and this one, where after being dipped in toxic waste in a New York City sewer, we follow Jason on his walk back to Crystal Lake. Much like the famed scene in Part 8 where Jason follows the ship he had been on on foot under the water. Now, for anybody who has seen Part 8 as well, personally, it's one of my favorites of the franchise due to all the sweet 80s street violence that happens near the end. I love it. Yeah. So good. So it made sense when I read that an early concept for this movie, so sad that it didn't happen that way. It was called Jason Goes to L.A. And the premise is that two rival gangs would be in the midst of a gang war. I love that. But after Jason shows up and starts murdering them one by one, the rivals would band together and then try to defeat him. So much better than what this was. I'm sorry, Adam Oh, I love that. I I just picture Jason like walking down the street with his machete, like scraping it on like the wall and just being like campers come out and play (laughs) oh my god i would really my life would be changed for the better and instead this film cursed us so whatever you know it is what it is we're turning lemons into lemonade over here babies yeah now Jason Goes to Hell was theatrically released on August 13th of 1993. It grossed $15.9 million at the box office on a budget of, of only $3 million. I'm surprised it made money. But Yo, that in today's money, that would be like $50 million. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. No, like that's really fucked up to think about. But you know what? Maybe that explains why there's such a gap after this because yeah. people were like, I'm never going to see another Jason movie again. <laughs> a fair like i mean i don't blame them um but even with that 15.9 million at the box office somehow this became the second worst performing film in the series after my favorite jason takes manhattan how is that one the worst i can't i'll have, I'll have to look at the money at a later time unless you guys want to know about it now in which case i'm going to pause okay one sec all right, I'm I'm on IMDb right now. So for Jason Takes Manhattan, the budget was about five million, mm-hmm. which was uh, two million more than this one, and its gross was only fourteen million three hundred thousand. Oh so, no! Yeah, it kind of shit the bed, which sucks because it's super fun. It's it's the most unlike the Jasons, though. I wonder yeah. if that's why, because people are like, this isn't a Jason movie. You know, he's in some other place. That's so funny because Jason's actually in that movie and he's not really in this one. Sorry for the spoiler. Um, so this one sure. somehow is even more unlike all of them. Mm-hmm. But it's rated R for general horror. Um, it has a 4.1 out of 10 on IMDb and a whopping 16% on the tomato meter <laughs> with an audience score of 24%. Mm. I am pleased to also say the dog does not die. Yay. Yeah, so that's some good news. So now, Jamie, please take it from the top. Lead us into this hot steaming pile of anal vomit. All right. 
<laughs> so, oh yeah, see my my stomach is reacting to this movie. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, you're, right. you're gonna getting physically sick. You're getting right. physically ill thinking about our it. our super shitty piece of shit film starts the way <laughs> every single Friday the Thirteenth starts. Mm-hmm. We're driving down some creepy, desolate roads in the forest. We get like a full moon shot on the lake. The girl's driving some like hip 80s looking car. And honestly, if I didn't know any better, and by that, I mean, if I didn't look up what year this was made in, which is 1993, Mm -hmm. I would have legit thought that this was the second or third installment. It's the ninth. It was made in 93, like I said. Yeah. Now, Mel. You are more of a Friday girl. Do you mm-hmm. think that this was low-key made years ago and they just decided to pull it out for some extra cash? Because this does not read as 90s nostalgia to me. I think that they went to the nearest pawn shop, bought maybe <laughs> two or three cameras and said, let's just try this. Let's just let's just go ahead. They just literally <laughs> took buckets of shit and threw them at the cameras and were like, yeah. let's do this. Oh, it's avant-garde, baby. It's art. Speaking (laughs) of needing cash, every movie prior to this one was made within a year of Mm -hmm. the others, with the exception of the final chapter, which came out in 84, and New Blood, which was 88. So there was a movie in 80, 81, 82... 84 so that's where they skip one year yeah but who knows it could have been right at the beginning 85 86 and then 88 so there's the other skip then 89 and then 93 so there was like a big gap there so they were like let's come out with another one and then the next one was 2001 because they were like no we need to recover we need to recover (laughs) and then 03 and then 09 yeah it's, Those ones are just hanging on. They, they, hanging yeah, no, on. totally. It's almost like, you know, the heart, the heart rate you see on the monitor is it starts slowing down before somebody passes away and it flatlines. Yeah. Kind of what was happening at this point. And then somebody went in like 2001. And they were like, oh, Jason X. Was, hell yeah. Jason X was the. Jason goes to space, oh, baby. <laughs> it's so fucking good. And then Freddie versus Jason. Mm. Yes. Hell yes. All right. All right. So we are pulling in at Predictable Lake with Peggy, the predictable count- <laughs> camp counselor, going to the predictable shed with the predictable swinging light bulb. This is it. This is the gift that Jason brings his fans, the gift of security, stability. It's like the helicopter mom of movies. Mm-hmm. He'll never leave you on red. Just no. flash a tit. And he will be there for you in seconds. That's right. Even though he doesn't run, he is somehow very fucking fast. You have no idea how much cardio I have to do. It's ridiculous. There's that whole thing of making it look like you're walking. Everybody else is running their ass off. Back at the shed, Peggy can't do one fucking thing right. And she smashes the bulb That's to say she stood there and the haunted door slammed and the bulb magically exploded. But this doesn't phase our girl, even though she just had an encounter that would make Zach Beggins wet in the crotch. She just continues on with her duties, which ironically is changing another light bulb in another cabin. (laughs) She's so busy. (laughs) 
so busy. So Peg changes the bulb in her cabin, which, by the way, also, there were two bulbs in the pack that I noticed. Mm -hmm. Why didn't she just fucking fix the busted one while she was standing there? Because nothing makes sense. Anyways, hopefully that doesn't come back to bite her in the ass later. Like, she tries to hide. There's no light. She dies. Hangs herself by accident by that fucking cord of the light bulb. (laughs) So long. I just have to mention that now that the lights are on... I can see that super rad snapback baseball cap. So the 90s have now entered the chat. (laughs) Honestly, though, I want that hat. It must be lined in like the finest silk because our girl starts to run a bath and she flips that thing off and perfect fucking layered hair just like cascades down her shoulders. I was taking Schiffer. Yeah, I was taken out of the movie for like a second. I literally thought I was in a Tresemme commercial. (laughs) Speaking of shampoo, after hearing the Tresemme commercial, it reminded me of my other favorite shampoo from that time. Do you remember Outrageous? I remember Outrageous like as a brand. Do I remember what it smells like? Absolutely not. Yeah, it was like a black bottle and it had like purple and gold on it. Yes, I can see the font. The smell was so fucking good. Like my favorite three smells from my like teenage years, I'd say, are the ones that I remember the most are Mm -hmm. Outrageous, Tresemme, and then like the OG Herbal Essences. Like the one that was like the see-through bottle with the floral. The sunflowers and stuff in the background. Yeah, Yeah. Anyways, so I decided to do a quick Amazon search to see if like they still have it because now th- that's how my brain works. That's how ADHD like, I works. It. Order it. I'm, order it now. I'm, I'm watching this movie and then I think of a Tresemme commercial and now I've got to <laughs> add a Tresemme commercial into the <laughs> notes. And now I'm like, by the way, what about, buy it. But what about Outrageous? Has nothing to do with this, but what about that shampoo? Which a quick Amazon search that Revlon actually discontinued it. And so I was just scrolling the Google results and eBay came up and they are selling bottles, some people, for like $135 US plus shipping. Do you think it's cement inside of those bottles? $270. Like, I don't think that shit could go bad. No. The best best deal I saw was two packs of two, so four in total, for, for $400 from China. Oh, now I know what I'm going to get you for your next 17 birthdays. Fuck off. I would die. I would like wash. I would only like wash my hair with it. Like on, on your birthday. Very special <laughs> occasions. Like if I thought it was going to get late or something. And if it mm-hmm. didn't happen, I would murder. Murder Sefton. Oh, I was going to die. Yeah. But anyways, after that, I was like, well, I'm fucking disappointed. And I Googled what else smells like outrageous shampoo. And there was a result. And it's 273 Eau de Parfume by Fred Hayden. Apparently smells exactly like it. And you can get it for like 45 bucks on Amazon. Okay, girl, send me the link. I've got your Christmas covered. Woo. All right. (laughs) Anyways, let's go back to the movie (laughs) that I've taken us anything not to talk about it i'm so happy though that i've learned all of these things like you you brought me through a history of of hair products so i'm down with it 
I hope there's other people listening right now that are like, holy fucking shit, I love outrageous. And they're on there buying, like living their best outrageous life on eBay. Uh, Anyways. Hell yeah. So that bitch's perfect hair is flowing and Mm. her clothes are coming off. And she also, we notice that she has some ratchet fake nails on. And I'm also thinking, it's the early 90s. Like, I can't even imagine what garbage they were because like they're just starting to make good ones that like can stay on for more than like a day. They're probably made out of like elephant tusks. Oh, like no. a real ivory. Oh, no. Anyways, uh, also, I saw like you made a note about the mirror, and I thought it was because the bottom had no frame. But then I think I realized it's because you were like freaking out, waiting for something to jump in the mirror. I was waiting for that classic reveal. It, the mirror swings open. You can see she's playing around with some old pills and like whatever she's playing around with <laughs> in the in that vanity. And then she, it, she closes it again. I'm uh, waiting for Jason to be behind her. Nothing. Always. Nothing. Yeah, I got nothing. nothing. Anyways, I didn't notice because I was too busy looking at how dirty the fucking bathtub was. And was gross. she started running it with the shower curtain sitting in no, the tub as no. it fills. I want to throw up. Like my sensory you know, issues hated that. Like, you know, the bottom of like, okay, first of all, if you have climbing. a glass, if you have a glass shower, you know very well where that scum lives and it's in the fucking bottom third of yeah. the friggin' mirror. Same thing with shower curtains. That's where like all the gross stuff just sits and like pools up and just builds up. And now you're putting hot water with it. It's now turning into a fucking like multiple camper soup oh, that you're going to no. jump in. But thank fucking God she doesn't have to get in the fucking bathtub. No. Because, uh-oh, the lights are out again. Oh, no. Good thing she has two in the pack. She didn't fix the other one. <laughs> she kicks right into fight or flight and turns off the tub and goes to run, but then realizes, oh, shit, I'm just wearing but a towel. So she darts back and grabs what she can. Suddenly, a door swings open downstairs. Peggy shivers for a moment upstairs. This confirms that it is the door to her cabin that is opening because now a cool breeze has come in. And then a soft bang from the other direction. She gazes over the loft and sees nothing. And now you can see the relief about to hit her until... Daddy's home. Yes, he is. Jason is back on his shit and he swings his machete and grazes her lightly before she is pushed over the railing onto a coffee table on the level below. The chase is on and girl has some moves. She's hopping over dead trees in the dark like some kind of night rabbit, especially considering (laughs) she just fell like 20 feet. She fell down, like down from the second floor onto a goddamn coffee table. Also, shout out, how did her towel not fall off? Falls right? off of on off of the second floor onto the first floor. She's mm-hmm. flipping over cars. She's running through the woods like no problem. Her hair's on fleek. <laughs> Anyways, you know that, like, I mean, the wind must have been knocked out. And the, like the last time I had my wind knocked out, it was literally just me sitting on a teeter totter and my person <laughs> that like got off. And then I slam back down on my ass and you feel like you're dying, man. You feel I thought like I was dying. dying. 
I was running, like gasping for my mom, like, cause she I was next door at my neighbor's house. And yeah. I was just like, mommy. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my God. I just smoked a bowl and I'm dying. I'm dying. I had, I just had a flashback when I was up in the teeter totter too. And I think I was with my, like my bestie, my childhood Mm -hmm. bestie, and maybe her sister wanted on and she pushed her off (gasps) or her sister like went on and then she like got off. Yeah. But I remember specifically I was sucking on a squeeze pop. Oh, hell yeah, you were. Yeah. We have a segment called Jamie's Traumatic Repressed Memory. <laughs> <laughs> what is the music up to it? Like, I want it to be like a like a 1950s commercial or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Jamie's good. Jamie's Repressed Memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like, my mommy used to beat me and put me in a closet. And oh, then it's yeah. like a laugh track. And then... <laughs> <laughs> All dead voices, all dead people laughing. <laughs> okay. Anyways, back to this bitch who's like flying through the woods. <laughs> so I was waiting for that predictable like trip, which mm-hmm. we do get. But yeah, again, we do. we do. The moves on this fucking girl, like she turns that Gymnast. trip into like a backflip, and then holy shit, it's a trap! I scream as Peggy does a front flip off of the set. There's a set. Are we in a movie? What the fuck Mm -hmm. is this? There's floodlights and now there's militia. Uh Uh-oh. Guns and shooting. Like this isn't a movie, but this is definitely a setup. And Jason, who is a man of few or no words, is suddenly a soundboard of old man grumbles as he gets fucking shot 500 times. Sounds like Carter Pewter Schmidt from Family Guy. <laughs> I don't even know what that guy sounds like. Lois's so dad. I yeah. tried. I I again. My ADHD got it. So this is why it takes like a million days to get my notes done because I went on YouTube and watched like thirty Carter Pewter Schmidt videos trying to find something that I could play, and then I was like, mm-hmm. anyways, if you know, you listened, you know. Now. <laughs> Any fan could tell you bullets will not take out our dude. No, no. They don't take out any of our dudes, at least not forever. So our militia friends must be in the know because incoming some kind of explosive device from the sky comes down and blows JV to smithereens. (laughs) Just pieces, his big, juicy, swollen deformity (laughs) of a head comes crashing down last and as it bounces the crowd goes wild and as jason's heart takes its final beat everybody's stoked i don't know yeah now wait a minute hold on we have a new character lurking in the bush he takes a drag of his cigarillo as he watches the celebration and leaves us with these words I don't think so. Agent Mahoney is congratulated. That's that's the female agent who was doing the backflips. Oh, I was just calling her Towel cancer. Cop. Towel, towel Cop. I like that that's better. Because you know what? <laughs> fuck, fuck the police. Um, <laughs> towel Cop. Towel Cop is congratulated <laughs> by Agent Abernathy, who's 
Okay, so towel <laughs> clapping. That was good. That was clapping. Those, yeah. those were Bunny's ears flapping because she like did like the head shake. Yeah, because Boba came over to be annoying, and then she was like, "I want to chase Boba," but she was like, "But first, let me just shake my head really quickly as I awake." And she's got those bat ears, so she does. Know. She's a gizmo. I love her. I love all of them. Okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, so Agent Towel is congratulated by Agent <laughs> Old Man. Agent Towel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna just don't cry forget and... to bring an Agent Towel. <laughs> All right, so Towel Cop is congratulated by Agent Fucking Old Man for her great work, and I recognized him, or so I thought. He looks like a number of actors combined, which I'm not going to go into like I did last episode that we recorded because yeah. fuck this movie. And so anyways, I immediately thought like I knew him and I did some research and he's just in a bunch of shit. Doesn't fucking matter. But either way, all I know is I skimmed over his picture like four times being like, no, no, not him, not him, not him. Cause I'm like, this man is 90 years old and you know as a millennial whenever you're like oh it was back in 93 it just feels like that was 10 years ago so you're just but he's literally 90 and so let's make a little note of that we'll do a little side by side of him and you're gonna be like feel old like I feel like it it's actually not even realistic I think that somebody sucked at least 15 to 20 years of life out of him maybe something must have happened maybe maybe this movie did it he literally after this movie he just felt so shitty and the movie was just so shitty that he decided (laughs) that did you hear that no i might hear it on my recording but i just got your note for the (laughs) the oh i just started updating the yeah because i always forget the instagram stuff on it oh fuck now i forget what god sorry no it's not your fault It's, it's my brain's fault the ding ding part oh yeah that old man <laughs> honestly jv last recording that you went on a tangent about that man for yeah, that 20 minutes over we don't have the time i'm seeing zencasters just like bitch 89 minutes left <laughs> okay 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 we gotta, go, we gotta go we gotta go okay i'm back i'm back so that Makes bitch sense. is congratulated for her stupid fucking work or so we thought and then he looks like a number of actors do you feel old yet he's an old man and then we get the title screen. Jason goes to hell and there's all the flames in the back. And and then I'm like, yeah, this movie, he just died and now he's in hell. And it's going to be like a movie about his escape from hell or what life was like in hell. But no, no, that's not that's not what happens next. What happens no. next is we are now in some sort of what I can only assume is a government building. There is a man pushing a corpse table and there's some chicks walking by whispering to each other, that's him, it's him. He's so hot. Look how hot he is on that table. God. Uh, Do you think I I should give him a number? I heard his dick still works even whenever his head isn't attached to his body. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) This man, aka the coroner, is played by Richard Gant, who I also go on a big spiel about and I'm going to not, who is in so much stuff. That's all I'm going to say. He's instantly recognizable. That's all. He's like, when I looked him up, he's in 500 things. He's doing the real work. Like he's like making 
just paycheck to paycheck doing every role. He's never not acted. And never not acted. We love him. So love the coroner him. is stopped, a.k.a. this guy, for a quick frisk. And holy fuck, is that a young Kane Hodder right there frisking him out? It is. Yes, yes, it is. A quick IMDb search. Or as Mel just read to us, it confirms he does play him. And he it's plays. so funny because he's like watch. He's like looking at the body bag. I'm like, oh, that's so cheeky. That it's like it's yeah. Like he's looking, looking at, at himself, him. but yeah. with a mullet. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he's got a great mullet. Um, he kind of looks like Danny McBride. Yeah. Oh, love. <laughs> oh, he's so sexy. Oh, Righteous Gemstones is back. P.S. It oh, just came I, back with us. That's season. the only show I haven't watched of his. I've watched everything else. Face principles. Like, fucker, get on it. Just get on it. I won't he's say so sexy. More. He's so sexy. Okay. Because he's just so funny. All right, keep going. 86 minutes. Okay. <laughs> so the fun title music and credits continue in between shots of the coroner itemizing the contents of our boy Jay's body. Now, here's what I'm wondering. Why the fuck is this man alone in a room mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with Jason, who almost never dies? Someone they appear to have put so much effort into capturing as he is undoubtedly the worst undead serial killer in Jersey history. With all the fucking effort they put in it, you'd think they'd be like excited. Like the room would be packed. Like they'd yeah. be set up like one of those old operating galleries from Victorian times. Like, and they'd have like the president there and shit. Like, yeah. I know. Instead, they put two like half baked bodyguards outside the door and that's it. Good it luck looks, in there. It looks like our shitty movie with the goo and stuff, the oh mold. My God. Yes. We gotta do that one day. Mold, aka, and there was like a two versions of it. Anyways, so there's okay. one with a spaceman and one without a spaceman. Then <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> that's it. That's well, slight oh, little oh, difference. Oh. One is mold and the other one's mildew. Oh it's yeah, like mold and mildew. You're yeah. like twin sisters, and the only thing different between them is like maybe a mold mold on their cheek, not mold. But mold, no, mold. the only difference still is just that there's a spaceman and not a yeah. spaceman. Yeah, it had just... nothing to do with the mold or the mildew. Anyways, my brain is melted. My brain doesn't work like a normal person. So I immediately got stuck in a Google search trying to figure out where exactly, exactly Camp Crystal Lake is, which I know is actually a real place in New Jersey. But there's also one that's real in Ohio, which is where mm -hmm. that scene actually took place. Ironically, that's so but weird. anyways, it's just like it's a jumbled mess. So if the OG CCL is in. Camp Crystal Lake is in Jersey. How the fuck mm -hmm. did they get the body to Ohio where they are right now so fast that it is still smoking? I don't That's know. true. Maybe when they open up the bag, it's smoking. Literally. Anyways, yeah. this is why I can't get my notes done in a respectable amount of time because now <laughs> I'm obsessing again over how I know this man, which I now realize it's from the Steve Harvey show. I remember him because I watched that religiously. But it could also be from friend Seinfeld, Nutty Professor, Rocky Five. Either way, I'm going to call him Jokes. That's my new name for him. I love that. Jokes. Because he is up in the exam room picking up Jason's head and just cracking himself mm -hmm. up with some shitty ass one-liners. <laughs> Very Shakespearean, though. I was waiting for an oh, beautiful. Last for Yorick. I knew him well to come out yeah. of his mouth. Didn't, though. 
No. Sir, please stop playing with the Jason Voorhees possessed <laughs> fucking head. Have you even read upon uh, read up on? It said I, I typoed upon and I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Anyways. Have you even read up on this guy? No one I still want to read it the other way. No one briefed you. Jokes pulls out the Pyrex container holding Jason's heart. And takes a good look at its burnt ass and announces to his <laughs> look at his burnt ass heart <laughs> <laughs> and announces to his recorder that he has a heart twice the size of that of a normal heart. Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. Dude, like, is it a fucking Grinch reference? Like, what even yeah, was that? It has to be. Okay, so maybe it's not filled with love, but it definitely is filled with a black viscous fluid that does not appear to be blood. Which, duh, he is literally a ghost zombie demon, like, combo. He's, I don't even know what the fuck he is. No, I don't know either, but I have a fun fact about that goddamn heart. Do you want to hear it? Yes, I do want to hear it, but first... I want you to hear this. Holy fuck, wait a minute. Did you just hear that? The heartbeat. It's alive. Alive. And it, it's ASMR. The coroner was so stimulated by the heart sounds, he fucking ate it. This shit <laughs> is turning into a mukbang ASMR. <laughs> Can we say ASM heart, first of all? Um, I have a question for you also. Please will no, tell me. Will no coroners that we see in these films do the right thing? None of them? This guy's mm. eating a fucking heart. Like it be like what was it saying? Morris code, like eat me. Mm, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It wanted him to. But I've got a fun fact about this goddamn heart. So Tell this me. heart was made out of food grade gelatin and filled with fruit cocktail that had been dyed black. Now we know gelatin. It doesn't taste really good. I used to use that to spike my hair up. It stinks. And Richard Gant also thought so. He was so disgusted by it that he nearly threw up during that take. Now, second fun fact about the heart, it was also used in From Dusk Till Dawn, 1996, Mm -hmm. as Monkey Man's heart. I don't know how. Maybe they replicated it because Richard Gant ate it. So, yeah, maybe they used the same mold. But thank you, IMDb, for those fun facts. Um, when you say gelatin, I think of like jello, but you said hair gel, like which, which, which one is it? So I used to use Knox gelatin and it is literally made out of like, like it's animal byproduct. It's yeah. But like jello's like, so did they make it with fruit and jello or did they make it with fruit and like the hair gel? I think that they used, well, gelatin is food if for food. It's a thickening mm-hmm. agent, but it's the yeah. best thing to use in your hair to make it like rock hard. Oh, yes. Um, anyways, it fucking stinks. And I think that jello is definitely made of gelatin, but I yeah. think something a little bit more softer than like Knox gelatin, which literally smells like bone, like boiled bone and flesh. So, yeah, Horner fucking eats the disgusting heart. 
and now insert CGI orange zappies suddenly flying <laughs> into him from the pile of ash that was Jason's body. And I think this symbolizes a possession. Yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> it's through the recitation of the book's passages that this dark spirit is given license to possess the living. Legitimately, I have seen an extremely similar scene, and I thought it was Freddy's chest of souls leaving the body in Dream Master. So I mm-hmm. YouTubed it, and fuck no, not even close. My boy, no? Freddy, yeah. his scene is so fucking sick. This is like trash compared to it. <laughs> you mean, not necessarily a bad, I, like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. We love trash, we but love yeah. Trash. And you yeah. know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say Nicotero and like the FX team had nothing to do with that. That was like the CGI team. Oh, yeah. They're not touching the computers. No, like, no. We're good. They're like hands on artists. They're not like yeah. clip clop. <laughs> Lappy tappy people. Lappy tappy. I'm like, oh, that's that's you, Mel. I'm sorry. That is You're, me. Click clop. <laughs> I couldn't even get anything to look that good as the zaps out of his chest. Like, no. No, yours would be so amazing. Don't sell yourself short. In we'll 17 make- years when I figured it out, yeah, I'll, I'll send you the video. We'll, we'll put it, um, open up the notes. Mel is going to make some kind of flame CGI like, <laughs> yes. gift for meme on our Instagram. Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. No problem. All right, All right. anyways. <laughs> Let's pan back. To, okay, let's pan. We're panning over. We're panning. To, we're panning. I <laughs> I love panning, but we're not really panning. It's just like zap. You're there. Like it's Zaps. just like changing scenes. So pan to nerdy dude with pizza walking towards the autopsy room. Kane Hodder smacks his ass. I don't know. Basically, yeah. Somebody's coming with dinner for the coroner. And pizza they party. have to... They have to pat him down first, and he literally smacks his ass. Like, tell me this sound. Listen. <laughs> now tell me, what does that sound like, Mel? Probably patting his pizza ass down. Yeah. Literally. Exactly. Meanwhile, at the autopsy table, Mel, what happens <laughs> next? Well, we're back in the little morgue room. And the uh, coroner, our original coroner, is doubled over the buffet spread that is Jason Barbecue Voorhees. Now, the pizza delivery coroner sits down and he gawks pizza at the remains. Pizza delivery coroner. <laughs> He's just a pizza delivery coroner. Man, this guy didn't have a name, I don't think. And if he did, I didn't write it down. I listed like three people in the movie and I gave up after that. Yo, he better be getting a raise for that yeah. job turnover. Yeah, seriously, right? He's like, he's. I've got to go get the food. Like, just call. I, it's the nineties. I, I delivery was huge. Like, oh you know, man, whatever. my favorite thing to do, maybe not the like nineties. It was probably the early two thousands. Whenever I was a teenager and a piece of shit, but I used to love doing like I'd call a restaurant mm-hmm. and then I'd go. Oh wait, hold on, I just got to ask what they want. And and then I would go to the other line and I would call another restaurant and I would say the same thing. I'd be like, oh, wait, hold on. And then I would three-way us all together and we'd be like quiet for a second. And then you'd hear one of them be like, hello. And the other one's like, yes. And they're like, yes. <laughs> and like, because they're both waiting for you to yes. say something. And they're like, well, what, what, what do you want? And they're like, well, what do you want to order? And they're like, what do you mean? Like you called me. And then like, you're just in the background, like. 
I thought you were going to say that you were going to compare the prices, but no, way more devious. I thought that this was like a game changing deal kind of situation. No. And I've definitely ordered food to other people's houses too, just to be an asshole. You piece of shit. Well, they were pieces of shit. Those people were probably fucking my boyfriend at the time, whoever I did it to. (laughs) Let's be honest. Give him a pizza (laughs) to celebrate. All right, so our pizza delivery corner, he sits down and he is gawking over these remains. He excitedly lets our boy Phil, we just found out that the original Mm -hmm. coroner who is eating the heart, his name is Phil, okay? He lets them know that this is an amazing opportunity. They can say whatever they want to Jason. And he starts cussing Jason's corpse with the fury of a ninth grader. You know, Phil, this is actually kind of an amazing opportunity. I mean... How many people actually get a chance to say whatever they want to Jason fucking Voorhees? Hey, fuck. How you doing, you fat-ass, maggoty, blown-up fuck? Suck this! Suck it. You know what I'd like to do to you? I'd like to take a crap right on your fucking mask. A big old mango-sized crap. Mango shit. (laughs) It's it's so fucked up. Mango shit. Anyways, meanwhile, Dr. Phil, I mean, he is a doctor and his <laughs> name is Phil, so this is what you get. So Dr. Phil calmly strolls behind him to a table and he starts pulling up different autopsy tools one by one and inspecting them before settling on a long silver probe. Now, he quickly throws his previous body off the table and forces his friend face down onto it, plunging the probe what I thought through his head, but last time I <laughs> tried to record this, Jamie enlightened me and said he very much likely shoved it up his compadre's ass and the <laughs> French just pukes blood all over the table. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That, That's exactly that, what happened. Yeah. I feel better about it. So yeah. Good. I like that. I like that better. Anyways, mm-hmm. Dr. Phil turns and as he stokely begins to walk, a walk that we all know too well. Before leaving the room, he passes by a mirror, and we see his reflection is unsurprisingly not a Phil, but the number one goalie <gasps> of our hearts. Now, as Jason, aka Ed Balfour, what Mary Fisher? <laughs> I don't know. Don't name sports <laughs> names at me. I won't know what you're talking about. So Jason, aka Phil, aka Phil as Jason, Jason as Phil, he passes by the guards. He catches them cracking jokes about how hard they nailed Jason, saying he was nothing but a pussy. Now I kind of like this first person experience as Jason. He's not letting anyone talk shit and get away with it, mm. and we are here to see it. He turns to the guards. And as he's about to attack, we actually jump as to a news flash that's called American Case File. So I guess we're watching this TV show now as the audience. The host, Robert Campbell, gives <laughs> us a little bio of Jason. Now, he states he was born in 1946 to Elias and Pamela Voorhees. He states that he has a kill count of 84. And I'm wondering, how hmm. accurate is this? Did someone, whether within the film or like the producers of the film sit down and watch all the movies before making this bold statement like yeah how would robert campbell know jason like destroyed bodies i guess you could just count every single missing persons case in the local vicinity just claim it to be jason's like it's just weird i wonder how many people just like staged it 
to look like Jason. There's just some yeah. other guy, like a Ted Bundy, just yes. sitting there, just murdering girls and then dropping their bodies off at Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah. They're like, must have been Jason. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, there's even serial killers in real life. We've watched true crime stuff that yeah. they're like, kill count could be between 12 and 68. You would never know. Some guys will never, ever tell you. Then there's the ones yeah. that tell you way more Lies. than they actually yes. did because they yeah. feel cool about it. Then there's the ones who want to tell you everything like Ed Kemper and mm. like be accurate, you know? Don't so trust never numbers, know. anybody. Don't trust numbers. Mm -hmm. The math will always be wrong and it will fool you. So Robert hypothesizes on his little TV show, True American Crime Network or whatever. I like <laughs> just write out loud what I say. American Case File. There we go. So Robert hypothesizes that Jason very likely is not dead. And then he runs an interview that he had done a week prior with a bounty hunter called Creighton Duke who was in charge of that crazy opening scene that Jamie told us all about. Now, this whole clip is weird. Okay, wait, sipping... he, did you just say he set it up? Yeah, like Creighton Duke was the man behind like this military thing. Like What? Yeah. But why was he hiding? I, th I thought that the military and Creighton don't like each other. That's why he's constantly being put in jail and shit because he, <laughs> trying to do something opposite them because even whenever they blow everything up he's hiding in the oh, bush yeah, and he, he goes in the shadows. and then he says like yeah it's not gonna work or whatever he fucking okay. says like okay so no, yeah, you're think, right you're right you're right i don't think he had anything to do with it because like he's not anywhere he'd be in the autopsy room he's like low-key guy he's like fucking dog the bounty hunter on the side yeah. that nobody takes seriously and they just are like that guy dresses like a fucking cowboy, cowboy. And he's from new york city yeah do oh yeah you're no you know what you're so fucking on that duke the bounty hunter definitely is just trying to go about it his own way and mm -hmm. you know what i'm gonna come at you with a bit of info a little bit later in this movie that um will melt your mind and aligns way more with what you just said so okay well speaking of that mm -hmm. um I was going to say during the interview and whatever, at some point, I do get my answer for my comment earlier about Camp Crystal Lake being in New Jersey and that they had flew his corpse over oh, yeah. to Ohio. So like they literally had like a fucking helicopter jet on site that like got them back there. In, the like, military, man. Minutes. They had like, they had all the resources. Yeah. Weather balloons and yeah. shit, you know. Yeah. So also during this, like this interview, Kay, it's just weird. If you guys watch the movie, watch it just for this. Mm -hmm. um, while sipping lemonade, Creighton says that Jason makes him think of this. Two words to you, Mr. Duke, and I want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay? Okay. You ready? Shoot. Jason Voorhees. Well, that makes me think of a little girl in a pink dress. Sticking a hot dog through a donut. He casually mentions that Jason wears other people's bodies like meat suits and that he's the only one who can stop what? him. That's like, such bullshit. How would you know this? He's, how would you know this? He's walking around in corpse skin, his own corpse skin right now. Why mm -hmm. is he why has he never, ever Done changed into somebody else's body? Yeah. What, this it's is just, such, and how would he know then unless he's like jason's like you know they're suddenly turning it into like he's like this type of demon or something blah 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 but like no jason's just jason 
And Jason doesn't have some fucking crazy superpower because he's never used it. He's been living in the same bloated, mm-hmm. fucking water-soaked body. body. Yeah. Like, Since forever. late 70s. He like, could you be know? the president. He could be whoever the fuck yeah. he wants. And meanwhile, he's just sitting in his corpse at Cramp Crystal Lake, hoping some Rotting. fucking kids are going to come by and yeah. be like, ooh, Camp Crystal Lake. And then you can fucking kill them and then wait another 20 years. Like, no. Anyways. It's it is it's bullshit it fucking totally is but fun fact (laughs) in this interview (laughs) in this interview when creighton lists his bounty price of 500k and he says for that you get the mask the machete the whole damn thing that is an homage to jaws 1975 when quint demands to kill the shark and says for that you get the head the tail the whole damn thing so really cute I like the, you know, they spoof that a little bit. Speaking of shit, um, or what did you say before? It doesn't matter. I don't know what I'm talking about. I smoke too much weed just now. I yeah. seem to do myself into a mental coma. Whoa. So our, interview- our interviewer rubs salt in the wound <laughs> of our lovely bounty hunter by saying since the night of the autopsy, five more murders have been com- committed, committed, leading from the morgue towards Crystal Lake, and he offers Creighton 500k if he can not only prove of Jason's existence but also end it. I'm like, what do you mean prove of Jason's existence? Also, too, she's like, like, since the autopsy, five people have died, but nobody's mentioned the fact that some of those five people are the guards and like that there's some guy who broke out of there who's like killing people now like they're just like oh yeah five people randomly dead but it couldn't be jason because he had a perfectly normal autopsy and everything's going normal at that government facility oh no 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 dude you know what they do they actually show the footage of all the dead guards at the morgue i'm like you would never see this on tv (laughs) they literally show kane hotter like dead on a table i'm like you would never show the murder scene on but apparently uh uh, American case file hosted by Robert Campbell does. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, a waitress named Diana suddenly turns off the TV that she was just watching that we were watching. And yeah, so that's what is happening there. And she heads back into her restaurant, the restaurant she works at, which is doing a super sweet two for one. Jason is dead burger deal. The waitresses are disgusted while the Husky manager named joey b forces the chefs to cut burgers into little hockey masks and wait is joey is she's also a woman yes yeah, yeah, yeah. as a woman presents. joey b joey yeah. b's from upstate new york i'm guessing something like that she's got that like that big bertha vibe yeah 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 totally so out front of joey b's restaurant diana takes the order of a man dressed in black. <gasps> it's none other than our gothic bounty hunter, Creighton, and he'll be having his Jason Burger with a side of revenge. He tells Diana he wants to kill JV and he'll need her help. And she knows why. He says he knows who she really is and to name her price. Our boy is so cryptic. He is like, you know, not saying anything that the audience could even begin to guess. We're confused and she must know what he's talking about. Is this a like person who might have done just a little bit too much math today? <laughs> or is it an actual 
bounty hunter detective who is fighting the <laughs> no, undead. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's true. Well, uh, Diana's thinking the first one because she tells him to leave as her sheriff boyfriend comes over to make sure that everything's cool. Um, I just want to mention also that Diana is more like middle age and the sheriff is just old as fuck. So. Yeah, I feel like we never really get to find out if they're in a relationship. I feel like she's more, he, it's like, I don't know, it's like more of like a father figure. kind. Of, I don't, I don't think so, dude. I think that they're dating. I think it's actually the dad because we get a scene with her daughter later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe the ex husband. Yeah. Or her ex-husband. They're clearly yeah. not together anymore. You don't think that Diana and the sheriff are still Oh, no. Together? You know what? Yeah. I bet it's stepdad. Like recent yeah, stepdad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not real and, dad. Yes. Yeah, that could, that seems makes sense. What am I saying? Uh, <laughs> Anyways. Uh, who Creighton knows? Tells, I don't even know where we are. Creighton tells the sheriff to blow him after his girlfriend, of course, and the elderly sheriff goes to smack him, but Mr. Duke doesn't have time for this shit. That's my lady you're talking about. Well, now, see, she is only your lady because... She ain't had a taste of the Duke yet. The sheriff kicks Duke out before he's escorted away, and he tells Diana that Jason will be coming for her. And, twist, her baby. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. She has a baby? Oh. Now, Diana sits down in a panicked state next to somebody named Steven, who's like, wait, why would Jason come after you? And she tells him that there's something about his girlfriend, Jessica, he needs to know. At this point, I'm like... Who are these people? Who's, Who's Jessica? Jessica? And yeah. why would she say your girlfriend, Jessica, instead of my daughter? Yeah. Bum, yeah bum, just, bum. I know it, the whole thing is just the script wasn't written too well. Diana has this really important information, right? But she tells Stephen, of course, that she can't talk here. Come over at 11 p.m. tonight. Okay. You've got a why? serial killer after you. She's like, sorry, Call I can't sick. talk to you. Call can't. in sick. Yeah, can't talk to you till after my shift. Come over at 11. Maybe also, it'll be too late by then. This man told me that me and my baby are going to die. So, like, yeah. I think I'm going to call in sick. Maybe go out of town for a little bit. Yeah. Out of fucking Camp Crystal Lake town. Like, yeah. So later that night, we joined Steven in the car. He's jamming to some tunes. He notices some hitchhikers chilling by that same road sign with the four miles to Crystal Lake on it. We passed by it earlier. I guess there's just one sign in this goddamn town. Mm -hmm. So they are thrilled that somebody is stopping for them. They cheer as they rush to his car. It's two young ladies and a gentleman. They pile in to let him know they're heading to, you guessed it, and Steven gets them with this zinger. So, where are we headed? Going to Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Planning on smoking a little dope, having a little premarital sex, and getting slaughtered. It's a joke. It's just a joke. It's Crystal Lake levity. <laughs> Nobody laughs at Stephen's joke, and he verbally has to tell them <laughs> that he's joking. But I'm like, good for you. Kill their vibe. Like, what do you think you're doing? What do you think you're doing? What did they say? 84 kill count? You're going to go to Camp Crystal Lake after the fucking uh, Robert American case file fucking on the TV just said that the guys escaped? Just just go ahead and lay down and let the machete go right through you. Anyways, yeah, as sorry. he drops them off, the lady in the front seat implores him to join them skinny dipping later, but Stephen painfully declines. She then gives him a kiss on the cheek before heading out of the car. Now, between the hitchhiking, the choice of camp, and putting the moves on an absolute stranger in his strange car in the woods, 
this girl will have a 0% survival rate in this mm-hmm. movie. Calling it now. Oh, for sure. Calling it now. She Is she blonde also? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so as we follow the young crazy kids lugging their gear to camp, the camera pans to the old weather-beaten Crystal Lake sign. It's barely hanging on to the post. <laughs> now, we couldn't just follow Stephen on his quest, right? We're by the campfire with our wet and barely clothed crazy kids. The couple, Luke and Deborah, ask the solo girl, who tried to kiss Stephen, Alexis, to borrow the tent for, wink, wink, half an hour. Have it for the night. <laughs> I'll sleep outside. It's such a beautiful night, she says, as she shivers violently by the fire. Alexis zips herself up in her sleeping bag, enjoying the relaxing sounds of the fire crackling and her friend's silhouettes grinding on each other throughout the backlit tent. Uh. Now, fun fact, the tent couple had been a couple in real life, but broke up shortly before being cast, which made it awkward (laughs) when they had to spend a couple of hours in this tent, naked and simulating sex the sex they once had in real life. <laughs> yeah. The worst would be like if they actually broke up because like one of them cheated on the other and they're just oh getting like God. fucking flashbacks and like just <gasps> rage moments, just picturing them <laughs> fucking somebody else. Ah! I haven't seen you since the breakup, Sean. Anyways, our solo camper lady, Alexis, she's not down for long. Nature quite literally calls and she walks into the darkness to piss on a tree. She hears a twig snap. She looks left. She looks right. And our boy, Dr. Phil, jumps out and slashes her up. Now, I hate to say it, but it has to be said. It just isn't the same effect when it's not the waterlogged and bloated masculine that we are used to. No. It's just not I don't care about the black viscous fluid inside of Uncle (laughs) Phil. Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil. Phil. Go back to work. No, like it's true. It just doesn't feel like it makes it. Okay. So like realistically, Jason, Michael, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, those guys are for the most part come off as like really like primitive basic Mm -hmm. instincts thinking type people meaning like they're just like gotta find sister to kill like you know um so it's just like when it's in their body and like you know you you kind of build a relationship but now it just kind of seems like yeah he is just some like dumb energy that's just like transferred into other bodies you know like of some kind of parasite yeah like and not like the the guy who drowned and then his mom needed revenge and then he needed revenge for mom and all that like now it's just like some fucking thing that's just going we just went through eight movies knowing this guy knowing what he does Mm -hmm. like you can't just you can't pull the rug dare they from under us you can't halloween three at halloween eight or nine you know what i mean yeah Get it out of the way no. early if you're going to start flipping the script. Come on. I hate it. So, anyways, let's go back into the tent. The two of the lovebirds, exes, are still dry humping their little hearts out. But our yeah. girl has got to go on a mission to grab a rubber and take a piss. She tells her beau she'll be right back. She heads out, drops trow for the shortest piss ever. Honestly, I think it's about one and a half seconds. I'm like, no. That's Were not they drinking? Well, maybe she hasn't ever drank uh, anything in her life because she squats really? for a literal second. I have like one beer and I have to piss three times. <laughs> I know. So she heads back into the tent, sadly unscathed. 
all of this scene was just so that the audience gets a shot of Alexis, who's kind of slashed up and pinned to a nearby tree. Mm-hmm. We're back in the tent again. Buddy's hands suddenly and strategically don't work. So they toss the condom outside. But there is no worries, guys, about getting pregnant because Jason's soul is birth control. He picks up some <laughs> long metal post kind of thing. He steps on that condom on the way to the tent. We get a nice <laughs> shot of it. And Imagine then he, he slipped. I could die. <laughs> <laughs> like a yeah. But he jams this long pole he picked up into Deb as she's riding Luke. DP anyone? Yes. DP. Liz, DP, baby. And she's then, literally coming. Like she was just like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then he rips that pole upwards. Now, sadly, the good stuff doesn't happen on camera. It happens off camera. But my guess is she would be split in two. Very appropriate. Now Jamie, take us back to the diner with Diana. Do I have to? You do. You do. <laughs> All right. We are and back. we only have 51 minutes left, so right. make it snappy. We are back at the diner with Diana, and I'm wondering, is she like the Kirsty of Hellraiser or Nancy of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street of this mm-hmm. franchise? Like, is she the Jamie Lee Curtis who is like related to them and the killer's drawn to them? Or, and is like weirdly obsessed with mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. them but also wants to kill them or is she just some fucking rando <laughs> like did she was she ever in any other movies nope okay not as far as i know so that's trash um and also she is breaking so many fucking horror movie rules so we're back at the diner and she's now exiting the diner that is now closed with all the lights mm-hmm. pretty much off which is already Hitch scary black. so she's going outside in the dark alone and first mistake she doesn't lock the door behind her so while she's doing whatever she's doing at any point somebody could just slip in there and hide behind the fucking in a booth and jump out but anyways exactly um we have one of those is the dog dead moments in mm-hmm. horror movies where they like to tease us and like if they end up killing the dog i end up probably like not watching it because it makes me mad but anyways they do a little tease again full moon in the background always full you get that that first person shooter breathing man like the camera's now him suddenly anyways (laughs) all of these things are just like leading to disaster but also why did she need to bring that whole silver tray so she brought out an entire silver like lunch tray out with the bowl of dog food on it because tango's a prince bitch tango you know what tango (laughs) the fucking alley dog deserves everything it's true um it could be used as a weapon but i don't really think she's that bright she probably would Mm -hmm. just be like ah and die but anyways she's finally about to make it back into the diner when the classic diversion scare tactic is used and boom suddenly a friend appears out of nowhere behind her even though the fucking whole parking lot was just empty and some (laughs) douchey cop who i wouldn't trust with a fucking nerf gun is there and he's giving me all of the like chloroform vibes like he's like i've always been your best friend vibes you know yeah why you know you keep dating all these mean guys but like you know like nice guys can sometimes finish first bitch you ugly bitch (laughs) and she turns around for a second and then she wakes up and she's tied to the bed and he's like i never imagined it being like this but you know unfortunately (laughs) i have to deprogram you (laughs) anyway we'll we'll make a whole other movie about this yeah yeah that's our spinoff 
Yeah. So he talks to her, um, or I mean, walks her to her car and gives her like some brotherly advice about her loser ex or something. And they playfully punch each other. And I hate this scene. And suddenly a car pulls in so fucking fast. So fast. It's like, and then Frenchie (laughs) from Greece hops out with like fucking full like curlers in her hair. And I thought, is this his wife about to beat his ass up? Yeah. But up close, this chick cannot be over 25. And they just start making out hard, like going at it. And I love watching sex. Porn is great, but these aren't the people I want to be watching dry hump. But luckily for me, oh, by the way, the girl left. But luckily for me. Oh, Diana. Yeah, Diana's gone. Diana's gone. Coroner Jason is in town. (laughs) He flew flew WestJet because, again, (laughs) how the fuck did he get back, Mel? How did he get back? Did he have long legs? (laughs) He went back to Phil's house, got his fucking passport, had to go through security. Like, uh, (laughs) they're like, hey, sir, what's your birthday? He's just like, (laughs) he just starts leaking black out of his mouth. And they're just like, please continue. They're like, oh, nice. You have a laminate. You're a doctor. Go on ahead, sir. No problem. Go ahead, Dr. Phil. Anyways, and before they can hit the road, to hit some ass someone approaches from behind really quickly and we can only assume it's jason and i we can only assume they're both dead i think mel says you see her get like killed but oh i don't remember it jamie if you thought that that piss was fast this is the maybe maybe honestly the fastest on-screen kill i've ever seen it was a millisecond i didn't even see it yeah that's what i'm saying if you i must have blinked not even a joke. You know when they're like, oh, if you blink, you missed it. I'm not kidding. If you blink, it's already gone. Jason, Dr. Phil, slams the car door on Frenchie's neck and her head kind of snaps to the side and then we go to black. Yeah, I thought it was like one of those like scenes where it's like the werewolf like is running out and you just hear like, <laughs> and then it's just like, <laughs> and then it just is done, you know? So like you have to like question what Even happened. shorter. Even yeah. shorter. Crazy. Anyways, back at the Voorhees mansion which first of all i'm fucking dying because mel came up with this and i'm like is there actually a Voorhees mansion like what the fuck like i feel like i know nothing of jason like i would have assumed he wasn't a rich kid like they wouldn't have let the rich kid drown while they fought public school camp no 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 way he was in a rich private special camp for his special needs like if his mom could afford his proper care, why not? And I mean, do you think rich, do you think really rich moms care that much enough to go and live in a forest for a year and pretend to be her dead son and kill people? No. Yeah, it's true. Just watch Shit's Creek. Just watch Shit's Creek. <laughs> anyway, so we're at the Voorhees mansion and Officer Fuckboy is restrained to a gurney so like officer fuckboy i mean the, the guy like, from the last scene the guy from last he gave me chloroform vibes you have to watch yes. it <laughs> to get it but anyways he's restrained to a gurney or table and it looks like shit is about to get kinky we've got some knife play Ooh, sexy and he's like now he's shaving his body hair which makes me wonder how does he know how to shave and would he even shave? Like, does Jason shave? Like, does well, Jason was bald as a kid, so maybe he was just into alopecia. Uh, I don't know. Like, oh my God, is what Jason about... Caillou? 
Is Jason Caillou? Stop. We have to make that into a thing. But I mean, even think of like Michael Myers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, why don't you ever see big, long wisps of fucking hair coming out of their masks? Like, are they professional? Like, they just stop and take a little break and they're just like, got my Mach 3. (laughs) My shick. (laughs) I got my shick. Anyways, Coroner Jason finishes giving the popo a neck shave. And now they kiss. <laughs> they do. I think uh, I see a pattern here. So it looks like we might have an officer Jason now. Yeah, we do. So From doctor the- to officer. Right. God, he's stepping down on the echelon. So again, I'm asking myself, why the fuck hasn't Jason been doing this the whole time? He just mm-hmm. chose to live in a decrepit waterlogged corpse all these years when all he could have become a camp counselor. And really got his fucking rocks off. You know what I mean? Like live his ultimate fantasy. But no, we are back with Diana and she is entering into her house that she made safely home because the lovely officer walked her to her car, who is now Jason. So she enters her house and runs because the phone is ringing because I don't know if you know this, kids, but we used to not know who was calling Mm -hmm. and could actually miss an important call. So we ran. But people actually wanted to answer the phone back then. Isn't that fucking That's weird? Scary. That's scarier than this movie. As a millennial, I'm like, I must have been traumatized, like by my mom mm-hmm. making me answer. You know, as a kid or something, yes. like answer the phone, and I'm like, I don't know who's calling. She's like, answer, and then you're stuck talking to like your fucking aunt or some shit, and you're yeah. like, Ugh. anyways, it's insane to me. So it turns out to be her daughter who also has a baby. Hmm, baby. And she also has a new boyfriend (gasps) who she wants to bring over to meet her. P.S. The boyfriend is the douchey news guy, Robert. Robert Campbell. We hate him. (laughs) American case file. (laughs) So the plans are made and they will be visiting soon. Yay. Oh, so wholesome. So it turns out the guy who gave the campers a ride earlier. um, Steven. yeah, Stephen, who was at talking to uh, what's her face at the restaurant? Diana. <laughs> it turns out he's actually the baby daddy of her daughter's baby. Whoa! Yeah. And he's actually supposed to be visiting her milf mother tonight. <laughs> he is. Remember, but he dropped those camp counselors off, and now he's running late. He's running a little bit late to fix her TV or whatever. Oh, is that him? Coming in the door and walking towards her from behind as she's on the phone. No, no, it's our officer friend who I fucking knew was a perv. Um. Mom? And I, as Diana, am like, where's your beard? That would be my first question. But Dude, Diana, where's your beard? I just saw you from 15 minutes ago. Where's your beard? Like, I'd be like, he's just I walking just saw you. in, arms out towards her <laughs> naked face. That would be the first thing I noticed. I wouldn't even notice the arms. I'd be like, whoa, you look fucking weird without a beard, bro. You know what it's like? What? Honestly, when your dad? When Tom- when your dad- no. Oh No, when Tommy <laughs> makes Greg shave his beard and they do the close-up no! of him when he walks and then Tommy's just like, Mark looks a baby face. Can you baby add that face? audio in here? I'm going to be like, so Diana's like, where's your beard? You like it? Yeah. Yeah. Good. You look great. You look like a baby face. Huh? <laughs> All right. And then back in. 
So Diana's wrestling off this fucking naked faced baby face. And then she turns and looks into her mirror. And just like that, Jason is the picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah. Uh, and also a reverse vampire. That reverse vampire. Maybe because- vampire. Maybe he's vampire, but like reverse because he could only see himself in mirror. Yeah. Anyways, um, Officer Jason pins Diana to the ground and suddenly out of his mouth comes this hard, thick, black member slowly Ooh. growing, inching towards her mouth. But can we also ba, ba, can I can I just yeah. <laughs> Jason is like five four now and we're supposed to be afraid. Like that's what's blowing my mind about this scene. He went from at least Dr. Phil was like a big husky tall guy. Yeah. Not as tall as like you know original jason but now he's this short little bald cough like anyways, yeah please continue it's just insane it's insane this movie must have inspired slither like somebody mm-hmm. from our time watched um this movie and was like you know what would be a cool movie would be like this thing that goes in people's bodies and like da 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 and this and and that. It's like this scene, but more of them, a lot yeah. more of them, and no yeah. Jason because that makes and no Jason. sense. But anyways, <laughs> but maybe a bald faced cop. Yeah, do 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 do. Somebody who's running a little bit late, cockblocker Steve is here to save the day and ruin the mood. He pulls Jason <laughs> off of Diana and the two get their wrestle on. Steve is thrown into the wall and Jason heads towards the knife block. But the stupid fucking idiot grabs the knife sharpener. Oh However, it still does the trick because when he turns and propels it towards Steve, who unfortunately at that very second happens to pick up Diana and inadvertently <laughs> uses her as a human shield, that <laughs> blunt object goes right through her back she's dead like i don't believe it i feel like it would have hit her really hard she'd been like fuck and like there'd be a bruise but anyways she's dead not yet not yet actually um so dying 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 in in Steve's traumatized arms. And Jason is fucking pissed. He wanted to be in her. And now he will never get that chance. Jason now lunges towards Steve, who ducks down. And there is a moment of reflection here where Jason sees his weathered and beaten down face in the mirror. Is it time to retire? I don't know. Just then, something is plunged into his back and out of his chest. A knife? No. Something sharp? No. Once again, the most blunt of objects, a fire poker, managed to stick right through him (laughs) like some kind of curio-pinned butterfly. Mm -hmm. This is enough physical damage for the evening. I imagine Jason needs a living corpse to carry his soul, or so I thought uh, until I watched the end of the movie. So he jumps (laughs) out the window because fuck doors, right? Yeah, and Steve him. is left to hold Diana as she slowly slips into the warm embrace of death. But before she exits her shell of flesh, she has these final words to share. Yes, no, yes. Thank <laughs> you.
Okay. And just like some sick joke, predictable horror movie, the sheriff walks in just to, just in time for her to look over and die. Like she doesn't have a chance to say he wasn't wasn't Steve. Steve. (laughs) Literally, she was talking fine like two seconds ago, but when she gets the chance to free our man, Steve, no bueno. Steve has blood on his hands literally and holding her (laughs) and is shipped off to the station for questioning he apparently though has a friend on the force who while now that they're at the police station are in the interrogation room tells him don't worry buddy he's gonna straighten everything out lol randy that's what they all say before they shoot your fucking dog yes don't trust a cop come on anyway not one called randy no Some time must have gone by because it is now daylight and Jessica is home, a.k.a. the daughter of Diana. She walks into her deceased mother's home where one of her old gal pals is there to meet her, but is too busy scrubbing away the last bit of blood and flesh of her mother off of the carpet. (laughs) Dude, it's so brutal. (laughs) Which also looks like my carpet right now. It does. Because my dog got into a food coloring that fell behind my fridge or some shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I came home, I literally thought that my dogs were dead because there was just a fucking massacre. Trail of red. Trail of red throughout the house. That that would fucking freak me out. I was so scared. And then I was like, whew. So then I wasn't that mad. So anyways, who's having a dream? is Is your carpet pink now? Yeah, there are splashes of pink. Nice, nice. Anyways, <clears throat> she has also has her new baby with her. And I'm thinking oh, bring baby, the baby to the crime scene. Yeah. Why so don't smart. we why don't we just put the playpen just over top mm-hmm. of that spot right next to Grandma, the fly? Right on top of grandma's stain. Grandma's stain. <laughs> so we don't have to look at it every day. Yeah. Jessica says Steve's name, and her friend walks her out of the room and tells her. She has something to say about Steve. And just like that, the scene is over. <laughs> and we cut back to the cop shop where Steve is being escorted through the station by his buddy old pal who's given him the 4-0 on his boss and tells him, just keep your cool, man. Based on Steve's face, I'd say that college letterman jacket and nerdy glasses are all but a ruse to cover up his true bad boy self. Rawr, he's looking all feisty. <laughs> and suddenly Jessica's there with baby and friend and new boyfriend. Steve pulled towards pulls towards them really quickly, but no one flinches. They just carry on like he wasn't even there. Like no one's even worried about Steve being killer. They're just like, oh, there's Steve. Wow. Like like if you thought that that guy killed your mom, I would be goes to run towards you, yes. but you stop by the cops. I'd be like, ah, you killed know, my but mother. Also, you Steve, fucking piece exactly. of shit. I'd beat him I'd up. Like you're you're lucky you get to be put in that cage because I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'd you throw the baby Steve. at him. I'd be like. <laughs> Fuck you! She doesn't have a grandma anymore! It's all your fault! Anyways, Steve is brought to a cell, and all I can think about is his blood-soaked clothing that we see him just sitting in. Mm -hmm. Don't we need that for, like, evidence, or do they just make everyone in jail just sit in other people's blood? Regardless of if they've done it or not, they're just like, you just sit here with the blood soaking into your skin, dyeing your skin (laughs) a nice pink color like my carpet. (laughs) 
Yeah, dude, there's like, uh, that would be in the evidence. It'd be in a little forensic bag. Like they, that's just not what happens. They put you in your little police outfit. Mm -hmm. They take the clothes or you have to get changed. Like, you know what I mean? We've watched it all. I don't have to to explain it. We all watch fucking Investigation Discovery. You do not sit there in the blood-soaked clothes of the crime scene. Those get ripped right off your body unless you're the killer and you want to stash the clothes to prove that you weren't on the scene. But don't accept tips from me. Yeah, I don't know. But I had a random ADHD alert and I just wanted to point out that at one point I thought Steve looked like John Cusack. Oh, yeah. And I, he kind of looks like J- Joan Cusack. Um, Actually, <laughs> um, somebody else looks like Joan Cusack. It, that is going to come up soon. Oh, shit. So anyways, cut to Jessica and her like crew of people. Peggy, her friend who was washing the blood, takes the baby and is told about different colored bottles for different times. You can skip right over that scene. The sheriff walks up, points at loser new boyfriend's chest, kind of like poking it and says like, you better take care of her and puts his arm around Jessica and walks her away. And the new boyfriend follows behind with one of those evil grimaces, like fuck you, man, you just wait faces. Shouldn't the sheriff be at home because his girlfriend just was murdered and he shouldn't be getting involved? He's stepdad now. Yeah, he is. Sexy, sexy stepdad. (laughs) All right. So cut back to Steve again. It looks like he's not the only one who is causing trouble in this small town. He hears a voice and turns and is met by this cowboy man named Duke who has some information to share with him. about the saddest looking sack of shit I've ever seen. Why don't you just shut up? Accused of murder. Not just any murder, but the murder of the mother of the girl you love. (laughs) I didn't do it. Oh, I know that. Problem is, how you gonna get anyone else to believe you? It was Jason that killed Diana. What did you say? There's only one way to put an end to that devil. And they don't know the way. (laughs) Creighton tells Steve if he wants to know how to end Jason, he's going to have to pay the price. And Steve asks, how much? Duke then walks up face to face, bar to bar, and takes Steve's hand (laughs) and gently caresses it, staring longingly into Steve's eyes and asks him, are you ready to pay? Apparently, Steve is, as he says, yes, I'm ready for him to start to drop to his knees. But nope, (laughs) Duke just breaks his fucking finger. And this actually does bring him to his knees, as one would. But that wasn't enough. Duke, he wants another dinghy. (laughs) I mean, Duke, he wants another fingy. (laughs) It's a bit autocorrect. Steve goes round two and is ready to go round three. But Duke gives him that one on the house in a voice was he born through a voice may he be reborn and only by the hands of a voice will he die jason had a sister your girlfriend's mother diana now that she's dead he has only two blood relatives left in the world with the power to kill him or make him reborn jessica and her baby Gotta protect them. The only way to do that is to kill Jason, and you can't. But Jessica can. Tell Jessica about her birthright. Make her believe you. Go to the Voorhees' house. Find proof. Because if you don't, Jason will kill her. 
and your baby. So before I get into my segment, speaking of stupid autocorrect and how we're Ron Burgundy, remember when I said laughs mechanically instead of laughs maniacally? And I read it, I read it like straight faced, yeah. like no cell because I didn't even realize I was reading a typo. And not just that, but we uploaded the episode like that. You told me, you told me after oh, the episode Oh, it was, was after? Oh, yeah. I left, it, left in it in because like I couldn't take it out and I figured people would know. Yes. Laughs mechanically. Anyways, I forget what episode that is. But Even creepier than yeah. laughing maniacally. <laughs> mechanically, I just think of like a robot yeah, laughing. That's yeah. fucked up. Okay. That's good. That's good. So I'm so happy that you included that audio to, um, you know, explain the very confusing new rule <laughs> that Diana was Jason's secret sister and that only his relatives can kill him. That's <laughs> why I'm like the whole Jamie Lee Curtis of it all. You know yes. what I mean? Totally. Anyways, Steve calls out to his cop watchman friend, Randy, who rushes over. He shows him his Randy. fingers. I Randy. just picture Randy from fucking Trailer Park Boys. That's all <laughs> I picture. This cop. Is you it, should. Is he you a should. cop, Randy? He, yeah, Randy's a cop. Oh, no, wait. Okay. Rand, like, not in Trailer Park Boys. Well, he wants to be a cop in Trailer oh, Park Oh, he wants Boys. to be. He's Leasley. He's. Yeah. Friend. And he gets to, like, kind of pretend to be a cop. But he no, does. I mean, the other in, the, in this movie, is he a cop? Yes, he is. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm just going to picture him. Okay. Do that. That's Leahy will be that old man cop. <laughs> there you go. Secret okay. lovers. So yeah, he shows him his broken fingers, but as Randy approaches to help him out, Steve bashes his head against the cell bars and swipes his gun. At gunpoint, he forces the cop to open the cell. Equipped with this new information, Steve escapes. Hmm. Now, back at the diner, we see the staff is mourning poor Diana, and the boss bitch we met earlier, Joey B, tells waitress Vicky, who just walked in with the late woman's granddaughter, this very endearing sentiment. Believe it or not, I'm her too, and not just financially. What the fuck is that? It's Jessica's baby. Get it the fuck out. This is a restaurant, not a fucking nursery. Hey. Ah. I'm gonna explain this thing, God, every foot I'm gonna start. He's a little cutie pie. It'll be just as cute when it's on the fucking street. Now get it out. The hey. phone rings after. Wait, scrap that. Anyways, Joey B is a bitch, so I think the B stands for <laughs> I bitch. Hate Joey B. <laughs> Anyways, the phone rings and uh, Joey picks it up. Quickly ends the call, and she quickly has a change of heart and she lets Vicky go make a nursery out of some old boxes in the storage room. Aw, so nice, Joey. Aw, the she banana this- fucking box. Yeah, she tells the staff that Steve has escaped the station, is armed, and she proceeds to pull out a gun of her own, which instantly jams as she's trying to cock it. Her <laughs> tiny husband, Shelby, who's played by Leslie Jordan, helps oh, her out. R.I.P. Recent death. Um, He helps her out, and then he sets the empty gun off in his face. Like, these people are useless. I can't believe now, he played a straight man. I know, it's true. He made out with Joey B. They they were aggressively making out by the hamburgers. Yeah, but like she's I mean, I'm not gonna stereotype, but maybe she's a lesbian. Oh, maybe. Yeah. More on the on the butchy side. And maybe like mm. I always imagined like got like this manliness level enough that like yes, a very feminine man- Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, we'll I, just I just wish end- I just wish everybody just all had all all kissed each other, no matter what. Fucking kiss and get over the hatred. Just kiss. That's all. Make out, suck each other's dicks, 
Suck yes. each other's butts. I don't suck give each other's whatever's. Yes, suck matter. it all. Suck it all. Suck it all off. Suck I don't it. give a fuck. Suck it all off and keep your bad attitude in the corner. Keep yeah. your comments in your back pocket. And fuck like, you know what? Also, nobody puts baby in a corner, but you know who does go in the corner? Bad attitude. Oh, oh, but meanwhile, in the storage room, Vicky literally does put baby in the corner. Actually, she puts baby <laughs> in a box. In some old fucking box. The with banana a blanket boxes. in it. The yes. ones that come with the big spiders. Yeah, the, the ones that kill you. You die. In, I saw it. Uh, uh, what is it? Strange Ways to Die or whatever that show is. Yeah. A Thousand One Ways thousand to Die. Thousand Ways to yes. Die. That was the best show. Mel, you have to work your magic and look online and see if you can find like a stream to like. Oh, I'll find it. Watch it one of our sleep overnights. I'll find it. But we're done to 25 minutes. So yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So anyways, Vicky's got this baby in a box. She has this box up and basically hanging off the edge of a fucking shelf. Now, I'm not a mother never going to be one but i do have a sense that this is dangerous uh but maybe not as dangerous as the sweating and trembling steve who is hiding around a corner with his broken ass hand holding a gun. <laughs> a fucking idiot he just looks so sketchy like if i was about I to walk know. into a restaurant where my baby and my ex-girlfriend was who i, I just they think i killed her mom i would come in and be like listen like i you know i wouldn't just come in all fucking shaking with like a gun and being like i've never seen my baby before and that's literally it so yeah vicky's barely two steps of the door and steve comes in just to stroke the baby's face with his two good fingers that are left he tells it that he doesn't even know its name there's some sad music playing in the background but this sentimental moment is broken up by one of the chefs Mm -hmm. who walks in you think he's gonna bust steve but he sympathizes with the sad dad potential murderer and tosses him the keys and tells him to get out of there i feel this like he 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 gets good vibes like he's like an yeah, empath he's it's like nah, steve would never do this like he's they've known him forever right but i mean like steve could have done this so maybe just you know don't do it just don't give him the keys i don't know but anyways if maybe he didn't even do it to be nice maybe he literally was like this guy has a fucking gun he's gonna hurt us all like and so he's just like here man just take the keys get out of here just to like get him out because like you can't act crazy and be like ah steve around somebody who looks like erratic like that you need to be like calm and like so maybe he's just actually the coolest guy ever Maybe he is. Shout out that guy. So our boy Steve has a get out of jail card, okay? He's got the freedom to go anywhere in the world. So logically, instead of, you know, going to Canada, maybe Mexico, whatever he wants, he takes a joyride over to the old Voorhees Manor to be a hero. Now, fun fact, the jungle gym that we see out front of the house was also used in Hitchcock's The Birds from 1963. so mr letterman jacket strolls in no problem i guess jason wouldn't need to lock the doors because it's jason or (laughs) phil or bald cop anyway just walk through the fucking door just walk through no problem so steve tries to open the first door he sees inside it's locked but instead of moving on he pries at it he needs to know what's back there it busts open and he's attacked by an old ironing board it's so stupid Uh, it's such a trope i cannot stand that i don't want to see that in one more movie anymore no i'm done with it and you guys think about that next time you know what i'd love is if in like some random comedy movie 
somebody goes and they're like, hold on, let me just iron this. And then they open it and then there's just some a fucking corpse inside. Corpse are like wielding a knife and just stabs yeah. him in the eye. I would love that. It's just like the reverse. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Write it down for our uh, version of this. Okay. All right. So Steve enters the next room. He starts touching all the creepy shit. He finds some old mortar and pestle. It's got some random powder in it. And he brings it right up to his nose because when an undead serial killer is doing ritualistic magic, you oh def want to snort whatever they've been mashing up in there. Idiot. So now he's all high on Jason's black magic. He moves over to the next Probably table. Bone and, oh, dust. Like yeah, it, That's what I'm saying. So he moves on to the next table. And what do we have here? It's just the Necronomicon from Evil Literally. Dead. Now, fun How fact, How do they guys, get away with that? Well, I've got all of the information for you, baby. The prop was created by Tom Sullivan for specifically The Evil Dead 1981. Sam Raimi sent a, a very apologetic letter asking Sullivan to forgive him for not asking permission to borrow the props and renting them or like lending them out for films, whatever have you however it wound up here now sullivan said he was not paid and would never again loan out props without being granting the permission for Whoa. it so this being in the home sparks an entire thing but i'm going to jump back to this a bit later in the movie put it in your back pocket okay so Steve starts perusing the old scripture. I half expected him to read some kind of Kunda Estrada Kanda right out of the Book of the Dead. <laughs> yes. But the floor creaks below him and he gets spooked and backs off. Now, uh, I would love to have... Oh, yeah, this is my original note. So my original note before getting to the end of this movie and reading anything more about it was that I would have loved to have a Kandarian demon crossover. Yes. And my thoughts were that maybe that's what Jason is actually possessed with in this yes. film. Where, like, literally we find out that at the beginning of the movie, Jason at Camp Crystal Lake wanders into the woods and finds like a fucking cabin and like opens up a book and then becomes possessed by a Kandarian demon. And it then would make goes this out. make way more sense. Oh, it would it make would. this make so more sense. I love that whole fucking connection yeah. though. Like it's like, they don't know that like Jason mm -hmm. that they just caught and yeah. like exploded was full of a demon that they just fucking released out there. And now, you know. Right? That would have made so much more sense. Let's, let's make jump. a Kickstarter. Okay, keep going. I'm going to I'm gonna let you know a little bit more about this whole kind of side thing a little bit later. So we're just going to put a tack in that. Okay. So get back to the creaking goddamn floors in this old mansion. So our boy Steve scared of the floor in front of him here's a floor creak behind him and he's like oh hell no he gets frightened again and he looks for a place to hide and he settles on an old closet <laughs> he pauses for a moment before the rotten wood below him his favorite thing that's been freaking him out breaks and he falls down <laughs> to his waist like through the floor his <sighs> legs probably dangling or god knows where the fuck i don't like gone. that and someone jamie Someone enters the room and it's American case file host and Jessica's new boyfriend, Robert fucking Campbell. <gasps> What's she doing here? Wait, he's going to get his phone call. He's going to get a phone call, not his phone call, but a phone call that explains everything. Hey, Regine, what's happening? Oh yeah, I'm there now. Oh, it's great. It's disgusting. Look, I am going to want to dress it though. Maybe we can put a few body parts in the refrigerator. 
Rich, I don't know. Talk to Harry and Props. You know what we're going for here? Twisted Secrets of the Voorhees House. Revealed. Oh, and also, one more thing. Guess what tomorrow's headline is going to read? Body of slain Voorhees woman stolen from morgue. Well, uh, last night, I stole Diana's body and I hid it here in the closet. And then I went home and fucked her daughter. <laughs> also, I just fucked her daughter. What a piece yeah, of exactly. shit. <laughs> uh, listen, I know he the guy's supposed to be a villain, but I kind of like him. <laughs> so he goes on to tell Reg on the phone to stop freaking out because the ratings are going to go through the roof. Well. It's actually Rob who might go through the roof because Jason, as the small cop with no mustache he's been parading around as, barges in and starts tongue-fucking him right there on the table. Yeah. Oh, their mouths lock Mm. and the dripping, inky, slug-like creature crawls into Rob's mouth and begins bulging into his neck as the two share a long, dripping embrace. Now, Steve just watches from the closet as the cop who had been possessed regains consciousness drops to his knees before agonizingly begins to melt like a fucking candle. These effects are the best in the movie. It is everything. The mucousy flesh is just dripping as he's desperately trying to get up. Then his lower jaw and teeth are just left on the ground as he pushes himself <laughs> upwards. Below him is just a pile of sinewy, wet flesh. It is. Ew. Oh, it's everything. Is the best. Best scene of the whole fucking movie, honestly. Hands down. Giving me Hellraiser. Now we know what happens when you get unpossessed. So poor Phil. Is it probably a melted soup somewhere? Yeah, I'd be like, please just keep saying in my body. Yes. <laughs> I don't please. No, he so Uncle anyway. franked him. He, he did. He Uncle franked him all up. Yeah. Franked him all up. So I wish that I could have just watched the scene forever, but we've got to go back in the hole with Steve <laughs> as he gets a surprise visit from his mother-in-law, Diana, Aww. whose corpse Robert had hidden in that <gasps> same closet. We heard it on the phone call. What luck. Her blue lifeless body falls into his arms Aww. and he holds her in a loving embrace before dropping her into the widening hole around him. Yeah. He screams in fear as he holds onto the rotting wood that is now giving way around him. So as if Steve didn't already have a lot on his plate, we hear the warped growling as Jason, who's now wearing Robert's flesh suit, awakens on the table. (laughs) But he doesn't give a shit about anything happening in his childhood home. And he promptly leaves. We wander across town, us, the people watching the movie, to (laughs) Jessica. She's sobbing in a shower. Sorry, girl. No time to mourn your mama. Uncle Jason is wearing your boyfriend's skin suit and he hits the breaker. Everything goes dark. She quickly gets dressed, goes to investigate, makes a stop in the garage to quickly grab a hammer and turns the hazards on her car, which instead of affording her visibility, just create emergency mood lighting. And they eliminate, eliminate is what I have to say. Eliminate, eliminate this room immediately. Yes. So they eliminate. Oh God, I was just gonna say eliminate. Oh, illuminate. Too much weed. Elu- yes. Elu- thank illuminate. you. Okay. Thank you. Enter Jamie's language. They illuminate <laughs> Robert's white shirt and suspenders standing directly behind the car. I don't know why I had to mention that the suspenders were there, but I did. I did. I don't regret it. You'll never make me regret it. No. So- <laughs> I thought she's in the car, right? I thought that maybe this would have scared her 
and she would just drive away. But she just pops out of the car with equipped with a flashlight. Great plan, mm-hmm. Jessica. She spins around. She screams. And she further illuminates her uncle boyfriend's face. Because if you think about it, Jason is her uncle. It's her mother's brother. Can we stop there so I can unpack something really quick? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so like I remember hearing that, like that her mom was like her, like that was his sister, right? Mm -hmm. I remember all that. And I don't know why it took me until this exact moment after watching this like three different times. And like, (laughs) anyways... How are they brother and sister? So, like, did, was his psycho mom her mom too? Do we find no, that no, out? So, no, Di- so Diana, Jessica's mom, is yeah. Jason's sister. Yeah. So Jessica, who's Jason? I know. Or, or, yeah. But I mean, no, her mom, Diana. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, did they share the same mom and dad? And was it the psycho mom who like was like avenging oh, the yeah. son? And like. What, how did they, did she, was she adopted off like right away or something? Like how? Maybe mommy how went crazy. Mommy went crazy, moved to the camp. Uh, daughter gets adopted or goes with the dad. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like we'll never know. I want the backstories. We're never going to know. We're never going to get that. Fuck. We're no. never going to get that. They threw us into some new world where we're just supposed to accept. Fan fiction, fan totally. fiction. We're just supposed to accept all of this shit, not only does, does Jason have a full family that we've never mm-hmm. heard of, and, and his that family has kids and kids on kids and all this Steve and Jessica shit, but the motherfucker can jump from body to body. Like, it is so twisted to even yeah. just force anybody into this. It's rude. It's rude. Mm-hmm. Anyways. It's horrible. It is horrible. So Jessica spins around. She screams. She illuminates. I finally said it right. Her (laughs) uncle boyfriend's face. Where have you been? She shouts, ignoring the visible blood smear by Robert's mouth from his little smooch from earlier. (laughs) Now, instead of answering, he holds her head and growls. But worry not. Steve is here. He throws Jessica over his shoulder, runs out of the house. He's always there right at the right time. He is. So I don't know how the fuck he got there so fast. If I didn't know any better, better, <laughs> better. If I didn't know any better, I would say he's the killer. <laughs> and that's what the cops think for sure. And that's what Jessica thinks because he throws her bare ass into the car. And as they're attempting to peel out, Jason Robert punches through the driver's window, starts choking Steve. Uh, They manage to back the car out enough that the headlights catch Robert's face and Jessica screams. His face kind of has some dark circles around the eyes. Mm. A little bit of blood on the lips, like barely more than before. But she cannot face this. Her lover, so scarcely disfigured from his previous self, is just too much for Jessica. It just looks like a night out, like, you know. He looks like when a kid dresses up as a zombie. Mm -hmm. That's it. He so looks Steve, like the guys from the movie The Hangover. It's true. It's true. <laughs> he looks like when you can't get your mascara off fully the night before and you yeah. wake up. You got raccoon eyes. That's mm-hmm. a little bit of that. So Steve takes this opportunity to run Robert over and then he backs over <laughs> him for good measure before peeling the fuck out of the driveway. Jessica is just screaming. You can hear it as they're driving down the desolate road. It's getting closer and closer as the car is moving towards the camera. It is just full screaming. Steve pulls over and tells her to shut the fuck up before trying to explain (laughs) that the man he just hit isn't Robert, okay? Robert would be dead, just like Josh the cop would be dead. Oh, I guess we learned Josh's name. 
I mean, the cop, uh, bald face cop. He's Josh. Josh. Welcome, welcome to the stage, Josh. We never knew you. But yes, yeah, so he explains to her, and she's not and understanding that jo- like Josh would have been dead after her mom blew his brains out and stuck him with a fire poker and all of that shit. But he pleads with her that like he saw him get up, and he goes on to try and explain that she and the baby are in trouble. And Jessica decides, fuck all this. Like, fuck you, Steve, you liar, you killed my mom. She bashes his head off the steering wheel, kicks him out of the car, and leaves him in a cloud of dust. Oh, she's so fucking dumb. Down the road. Like, didn't she see that Robert was not acting like Robert? Why would the breaker have gone off in the house? Like, she's being stalked by her own boyfriend. Like, it's just... You think that she would sit down and maybe have him talk it out? I don't know. Yeah. Mel, every day of our lives... We just live a normal life like these people were. Yeah. And if somebody ran in and was like, I know this is going to sound fucking crazy, but Oscar's possessed with a Kandarian demon and we have to get out of here immediately. And da, 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 da. like, I wouldn't just be like, you're such a liar. Oscar, come here. Come here. I want to talk to you about it. Like, no, I would be like. Well, if it wasn't Oscar, okay, let's just do anything but my dogs. <laughs> like if it was like my mom, like if they were yeah. like your mom, I would like blow her head off, you know? You wouldn't even ask for proof. You would just go ahead and do it. Like, why would somebody just make that up? You I know, know what I mean? I might just start setting you off in panic modes. I might start like boy calling wolf or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> wolf calling boys? Wolf calling boys. So... All I have to say, number one, is Jessica is a rat because she runs her pantless ass to the cop shop and falls into the arms of the elderly sheriff who is like way too nurturing to her. Is he like her dad or something? We still haven't figured that out. Dude, we do know. We we know for sure. Like it's the boyfriend of the mom. Anyways, she rats out poor Steve, who just wanted to save her sorry ass. So, Jessica, guess what? You made my I hope you die list. And also, I caught this little gem in the audio. Hey, hurt you. Not me, Robert! Okay, you said Stephen's daughter on Lake Road. We're on Lake Road. I'll pass the Myers, please. Okay, we'll get him. And I think it's like, Michael, I don't know. I don't remember because all I wrote was audio and then below it I wrote Michael anyways I can't wait to hear what this audio is when I'm listening to the episode so I'm just gonna jump in right now and I'm just gonna say Michael the sheriff tells his men to send someone out to Lake Road and check it out (laughs) hold on I like how you just said that with the fucking Ron Burgundy, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> to check the this lake like out? Cop goes to check out scene plus brawl. Oh, okay. They send Randy out to go check on Steve because Jessica's like, Steve, pick me up in my car. And he drove me and ran. Oh, yeah. Robert so she was over. a rat and da 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 and yeah. this and that. So the sheriff tells his men to send someone out to Lake Road and check out what Jessica just told them. <laughs> Officer Doofy, a.k.a. his friend Randy, Randy, yeah. <laughs> is on the scene and Steve is like really easy to find. Like he's just walking on the road and yeah. just is like, oh, who's pulling up? Ah, oh, cop. Anyways, he gets punched in the face by his buddy because like he really made him look bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he also punched him in the face. 
that too. Before, yeah. They brawl for a bit, like one of those like hockey brawls where it's like yeah. sportsmanlike because they check on each other afterwards. Like they both get a I'm tired moment and take a break and then argue over who's tougher and play like knifey spoony, but with guns. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. All right. All right. You win. <laughs> I see you applied knifey spoony before. Randy informs Steve that Jessica is at the station, so Steve tells him to cuff him up and bring him in because he needs to save that ungrateful bitch and their bastard <laughs> child. Bastard baby. <laughs> so the sheriff gets the call that the two are on their way back to the station and finally offers Jessica some clothing. Like she's just been sitting there without pants this whole time. Yeah, her boo hole's been out the whole time. Mm-hmm. And just in the nick of time, because her boyfriend is back and he looks inconvenience (laughs) aka robert who is now possessed with jason so we pan back to the sheriff on the phone but i'm not paying attention to that i'm watching behind him jason trying to tongue fuck jessica through the office window (laughs) it was it was at this moment i made a realization that jason sounds exactly aka fucking who is it a cop right now Oh, boyfriend, Robert. Robert. (laughs) Sounds exactly like someone I know. Someone named Bunny. (laughs) And now here's Bunny. An officer runs up to save Jessica and gets face palmed to the nose. But like his nasal cavity is like inches into his skull now. There is no getting up. Like that face palm just made him from like a golden retriever into a pug. Literally. (laughs) Good reference. Right? Yeah. So Jason takes this as a hint that they should go somewhere a bit more private to swap their spit. And just as they are turning the corner, our hero, mediocre Steve, is there, (laughs) who pulls off a not-so-mediocre move by jumping over his cuffed hands. Oh, it was so sick. It was so sick. And don't you fucking tell me he didn't say fisticuffs in this audio right here (laughs) sounds like fisticuffs anyways maybe he said fuck these cuffs (laughs) fuck the cops yeah (laughs) he then hits his good buddy again knocking him straight out he grabs Randy's gun and shoots Jason several times aka Robert But it's never enough. He grabs Jessica and they run off, leaving his poor friend there also rude because, like, he's still alive. And for Mm. sure, Robert's going to get up. Like, why didn't you just drag him and put him in a closet or something? I don't know. know. Anyways. And now my favorite movie, and I'm just going to save the whole movie, a moment. (laughs) And now my favorite moment of the movie. Yeah. But I didn't write of the movie, but I'm going to assume that. But Mm -hmm. so this must have just been added in for like fun. Two male cops at one point hear the commotion coming from like they're like in the washroom Mm -hmm. and there's commotion outside. So two cops walk out at the exact same time you see in the background. And 
when they both come running out, one's drying his hands off on himself and one is zipping up his pants. <gasps> but like, it's just like, you. it's just in the background. Like, it's not like highlighted. Yeah. And like, so it just looks that's like good. two cops like running out of a room. But then I realized I'm like, that's the washroom. And it looks very sexual. And very I'm like, sexual. the only cops I like are gay cops. Doing blowjobs on the time. Doing blowjobs on the time, exactly. Blue jives. Blue jives. Yeah, blue jives. <laughs> what's happening. It's fine, though. <laughs> All right, so these two run to their fellow officer, Randy, who is breathing, thank God, and then hurry towards evil ex-boyfriend, Jason Robert, and one yells to the other to call an ambulance. Ambulance. I can't but, stop repeating all the fun words you're saying. But like Buddy literally has holes through him. There's oh, yeah. no way that he's alive. Oh, wait, he is. He, Larry and Curly's their heads together so hard. It literally, they explode. Like their cheeks merge mm-hmm. in together. There is no more cheeks. And another cops walks another cop walks onto the scene and very quickly turns around and runs away just to be clotheslined by our boy Duke from inside his yes. cell. He Hell puts his yeah. cowboy hat on and smiles gleefully, and it's assumed he's gonna escape with those keys. Mm-hmm. Back at that fucking diner again. Mm-hmm. Steve and Jessica are back with the cast of a John Waters film. <laughs> oh my god! Right? Literally, oh, they- that's nailed it. Nailed it. That is the feeling of that diner. I'm like, it who's is. Gonna the- who's gonna eat the poop? Who's eating yeah. the poop? No, those hamburgers. Oh. <laughs> So they are here for her baby, but the fucking heifer will not give the baby back. Like she birthed it. Yeah. Just like she fucking birthed it. Like girl, heifer, cow, whatever I'm calling her, give her the baby back. So many guns are now (laughs) shot around and wrestled over and boom, obviously one shoots off and kills all the power and the fucking lights are out again somewhere and but jessica takes a napkin holder at this time one of those big steel fucking heavy ones mm-hmm. and just pies Roz from monsters inc's face in <laughs> is that the reference you looked up for 35 minutes you said at that one, one point day? oh yeah. for sure yeah yeah so what's her name jesse joey 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 looks like Roz from monsters inc yeah Anyways, so our sweet Warren, who is the guy who helped Stephen earlier by giving him his keys, um, he confronts Jabbert, I guess is what I'm calling him now. Jason Robert. Jabbert. Pass with Jabbert. He confronts him like, yo, man, what the fuck? And he swiftly snaps his fucking arm in half and rest in peace, Warren. He's dead. Also, yeah, the arm killed him. <laughs> it killed him. And uh, yeah, suddenly Robert busts through the door and everything is going very slowly. I've got a fun fucking fact for I you am, guys. I want to hear it right now. So this whole slow motion scene that Jamie <laughs> set us up for, guys, no, like it really, it's a slow motion scene <laughs> on this set, on this goddamn cursed set. No one was viewing the dailies as per normal production, okay? They were all so focused on moving to the next thing. To 
they did not stop to make sure that what they got was actually usable. And guess what? A lot of it wasn't. Director Adam Marcus, yeah, I'm coming for you now, Adam. He made a ton of first-time director mistakes. Yep, this is his first Mm. directorial debut. Now, for example, for example, this scene, the diner massacre, as people call it, it was originally (laughs) eight minutes in nonstop slow motion. The conversation (laughs) scenes that happened during it dragged on so long. Exactly. In the end, they were only able to salvage around 45 to 50 minutes of Marcus's original work. Now, this movie is like an hour and a half. So they lost so fucking much. They only had 45 minutes of film. They had been shooting for days. Now, Sean S. Cunningham, who produced... Produced. Produced. Uh, <laughs> derp Is that what Fred Durst does when he makes music? He's produced. Anyways. Um, <laughs> he produced the original Friday the 13th as well as this one, okay? Sean S. Yeah. Cunningham. Yeah, I love you. He found the finished film beyond embarrassing. He is quoted as saying, Oh no. He is quoted saying these words. Adam came to me and said, The last thing fans want to see is Jason going through Camp Crystal Lake, chopping up teenagers again. Of course, it was the only thing they wanted to see. And Adam delivered this movie that was not so good. No. End quote. End quote. Holy shit. Anyways, could you imagine if this movie turned to eight minutes of nonstop slow motion? We wouldn't have been able to finish it. No. No. It'll be like us having to watch um, Shark Exorcist again, which we have to. (laughs) Yeah, we do. We do. Oh, I figured out because we will be going far into summer with our spring onto the slab. It's now going to be called Summer Slab. So Spring onto the summer slab, baby. Yeah, that's it, baby. We've got two seasons covered. Two cursed seasons of bullshit with some awesome shit peppered in between. Anyways, please take us through the rest of this. Uh, oh my God. Robert is deep frying poor Leslie Jordan's sweet face <laughs> into the deep fryer. Rest in peace for real also. Oof. And our tough ass cat eyeglasses wearing stereotypical angry diner owner bitch gets the hardest elbow in the face I've ever seen. There is no way that shit is regulation, mm-hmm. Jason. She's fucking dead. There she is. Now the true heroine shines as we see our redheaded friend Peggy pick up a fucking steel rod and impale the her results. Is, <laughs> is her name Peggy? Vicky. <laughs> I called her Peggy earlier too. Like Peggy the friend? The- oh, did you? Peggy was the cop. Towel cop. Oh, no, no. That was Agent Abernathy or whatever. Yeah, but you were calling her Peggy no, at the beginning. No, I was calling Peggy the name of the redheaded friend who was washing up the blood. Oh, no, you were calling, you called the cop Peggy, I swear to God. I don't know, but either way, Peggy Vicky. <laughs> Peggy Vicky. <laughs> um, fix up a fucking steel rod and impales the results of a poor special boy drowning <laughs> at the hands of camp counselors into the wall. Dude, Vicky's awesome. Sadly, Vicky's- Robert, Peggy Vicky is awesome. Sadly, Robert pulls one of my favorite kills 
he grabs her and pulls her towards him, impaling her mm-hmm. into him in a romantic embrace before she dies, though. She tells Chase, I bet he's never heard that before. I have no idea what she's just like, she's just like, you're pretty cute from up here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it could be like Balenciaga. <laughs> it could All be right. anything. I can't wait to know what it is. The I can't wait either. This is going to be the creature at the end of May. This episode. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll dig up some of the first part of the audio that we did and we can just stitch it all together like oh a God, like a Frankenstein Frank abomination. Yes. Okay. All right, I'm almost on my part, thank God. Okay. So, Jessica, bitch bails again. But this might be good news for Steve because he finds a note from Duke. He has the baby. I'm sorry, did I miss something? Oh, yeah, baby ransom. Meanwhile, back at Voorhees Mansion... (laughs) Duke and Jess have a spat. She wants baby and he wants Jason. She knows about the bounty, but it's not about that anymore. And suddenly, a magic sword. I don't even want to Shit talk about is it. getting fucking confusing, so I'm just <laughs> going to let Duke take this one. It's not about the money anymore. What do you want from me? Tonight we can get that bastard. Tonight we can send Jason Voorhees straight to hell for all time. You don't need me for that. Yes, I do. (laughs) Only through a Voorhees can he be reborn. And only a Voorhees can kill him with that. No, I won't put my baby in any more danger. You will always be in danger until Jason is dead. He won't stop coming for you until he gets you, until he's reborn. Then he will kill you and your baby. If you want this to be over, if you want your baby out of danger, then you will end it now before more people have to die like your friends, like your mother. (laughs) I'm fucking dead. Thank you, Duke, for doing that for me. Um, Now we're back with the sheriff who shows back up at the diner to absolute fucking carnage. And he brought Jason a gift. You know what it was? Mm. His body. Can we just stop giving him fresh bodies, please? Come on. (sighs) Meanwhile, back at Voorhees Manor, a car pulls up to the house. But Duke warns Jessica, Jason could be in anyone. And Boom! Trap door! What the actual fuck? I think I am dissociating. This is getting so fucking stupid. LOL. So my note says. So good. Um, So Sheriff is here now and also Randy, goofy dude. And we have ourselves a Mexican standoff. Who is possessed? Duke yells up. I respect that. I respect that. If you don't know, just kill both. If I show Jamie, if I show up to you and like one is like some evil demon twin and me, shoot us both. 
Shoot us both. Mm-hmm. I won't even be mad. Yeah. I'm not going to do that thing. It's like, I swear it's me. Remember that time that we were like, I'm not doing that. Blow my yeah. fucking brains out. Just do it. Just do it. I feel like I feel like that's that, that's like a scene in like Rick and Morty. Like, yeah. I feel like Rick would do that. He'd be like, just kill yeah. all of us, Morty. It doesn't exactly. fucking matter. Anyways. OK, so which I fully support. We know she's going to make the wrong choice, though. And she does. Bam, bam, R.I.P. Sheriff. Also, why is this possessed Jake Jason talking oh suddenly? God. I bet that would have come in handy a lot earlier in the film. Like, he could have been just talking to people and persuading him. Like, that's probably how he got on <laughs> WestJet. Why did he go goo goo gaga like on fucking? Oh, I like, respect your follow up to your own joke, mm-hmm. dude. I respect the shit Thank out of you. that. Good for you, Jamie. That was good. Thank you. All right. So, oh my God, no. Now he's trying to tongue the baby. Where is Steve? Steve, we need you. Oh, there he is. Phew. And a machete to the head. Rest in peace, best friend Randy, I guess, because Steve just comes in wielding machetes. Well, at least we've got Jason's machete in the movie since Jason's been everybody but Jason the whole time. I feel like everything I just said was just so crazy. Like, can I do like a TLDR? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, like you did really, really good. But yes, please do that. That's really nice. Because I feel like I'm confused. Okay, so the sheriff went to the diner, got kissed by whoever the last person was. Now he's Jason, we mm-hmm. assume, mm-hmm. right? But maybe not. But anyways, we're back at the Voorhees house. And now we have to figure out like... Who is it? Is it the is it fucking the sheriff or is it Randy? Duke just says kill all of them, which we we're cool with. But she picks the sheriff. Um, but then we suddenly realize, like, why is possessed Jason talking? And then either way, when he finishes talking, he just like grabs the fucking baby and starts trying to shove his tongue down his throat. So that's why I said, oh, my God, no, there is mm-hmm. a baby in the tongue. And then and, uh, um, and, Steve jumps in yeah. and machetes and Randy machetes to the head. Randy with a regular machete, not to be confused with the mar- magic sparkling dagger that mm-hmm. you had. The oh, the sword. Okay. The sword. Yeah. The Anyways, sword. as Randy lays dying, the possessed tongue begins to escape from the machete wound in his neck. But it's more than a tongue now, baby. It's a ramen noodle, baby. And it's crawling so <laughs> fast across the floor as oh, Jessica no, and Steve like try it. to figure out where the fuck it is. They look down and it just baby screeches at them before jumping at Steve's face. <laughs> he it's yes. like a baby alien. And he eats that little motherfucker across the room. It hits a desk, making a little cry <laughs> as it bounces. Oh, it's no. like Jamie loves it now. It's not its fault. It's not its fault. <laughs> I would take it home and like fucking. But the thing it. is, like, you want to know my notes saying this is why you love it. I'm like, why does it sound like Baby Yoda? <laughs> right? Oh, the, the child. child. All right, so momentarily safe from whatever the fuck is happening, Steve and Jess begin to help Duke, who has called to them to get him the fuck out of the creepy basement. Remember, Duke fell through a trap door, (laughs) he's in the basement, for some reason. We pan around down there and we see Jessica's mom, Diana, laying there from earlier, you know, the fall. She's just a corpse. She's just like a skeleton. Because remember, Steve... Like that Steve happened just real jammed fast. her through the hole and now she's just laying there in the basement for three days or whatever it's been. And she's still dressed in her waitress yeah. outfit. 
but right. that's how we can tell it's her though because <laughs> we've only ever seen her in that we don't know what diana's casual wear is here we're not gonna pretend we're not gonna no. pretend either she works so hard <laughs> she never comes home so diana's not alone down there baby Voorhees Mm-mm. homunculus screeches and dives into her body <laughs> back upstairs duke frantically demands jessica go get the fucking dagger which is randomly fallen under a dresser near the open basement hatch i guess where he had fallen a roar wait but my favorite part just happened before that where he literally they were literally just upstairs for a second and then they just hear banging and then they're like he just has to be in a Voorhees body, right? Like, it's so oh, fucking yeah. cheesy. And they're like, your mom's down there. And that moment, that's what gave me evil dead fucking Kandarian demon vibes. Because they were like, oh, wait, your yeah. mom's down there. And then it yes. was like, boom, yes. boom, boom. Yes. And then they were like, ah. Well, this is this is what happened. So, like, like, what you're saying, like, you hear roaring out from below them, and Jessica's like, oh, hell no. Out of nowhere, Steve yes. is the one who puts the puzzle pieces together for us, which, thank fuck, because I didn't understand any of the lore until mm-hmm. this audio right here. Where's the Duke, that thing's in the basement with Jessica's mother. Holy mother of God. So, guess okay. who's back in the house? Guess who's back in the house? Guess who's back in the Just house? Just like that, okay. from the loins of his sister, Jason Voorhees, is back in the form. <laughs> know and love you might have thought his mask and coveralls were burned up in the explosion but nope they were somehow embedded in the dna of the sibling that we never knew he had up until an hour ago create imagine we can actually see him explode out of our body i would i would would have wanted to to see see what was going on in the basement i don't care about the whole conversation upstairs anyways I was actually expecting her to jump out. I'm not going to fucking lie. And then I was like, oh, he gets reborn as himself. Where did his mask come from in the clothes? Like fucking they just again, embedded in the magical DNA of the secret sister. Oh, bunny. So Creighton. She's farting. <laughs> being gassed out. So she's being gassed out. Also, too, one more thing before I keep going. I'm, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but I have to say this because um, you said the child earlier and I call Bunny the child because she looks like Rogu. But you know what I've started calling her? The leprechaun because <laughs> she also looks the wrinkles mouth, yes. the wrinkle mouth. I'm like, you're literally the fucking leprechaun. I also ask her why so serious a lot. And anyways, that's it. Okay. Those are those I are my new it. cute things I do. Okay, where was I at? Oh yes, okay, we got it. Yeah. So Jason is back. Um, Creighton has been screaming to get the magical fucking sword dagger for what feels like ever now. He then Jessica's doing <laughs> a fuckhole shit stain job at it. So he screams at Steve to help Jessica, who's just still crawling around under the dresser trying to get this dagger while still like she's holding her child in one arm. Just put the just put the kid down. Oh my god! So to buy some, 
hide it under a table. Put it in a banana box. Put it in the cupboard. So to buy them time, <laughs> Creighton cuffs J- Jason to him, and he says this. Son of a bitch. You remember me? Well, he wouldn't because the entire backstory was cut from the script. Here it is to try and make any sense of this movie. According to co-writer Dean Lorev, the biggest mistake he made was writing a baby into the story. But not just that. As well as Creighton Duke's sudden appearance with this lore, despite never being mentioned in the last eight films. As much as 43 minutes of the final film came via the reshoots and repurposed footage because of Adam Marcus directing's blunders that i told you about earlier right so some stories had to be completely dropped such as creighton's backstory which was this he was canoeing with his girlfriend in camp crystal lake before jason emerged (gasps) from the water and dragged her down into the lake yes her in my biggest this is what led to his career in the police force apparently he dedicated his life to hunting down jason for revenge now my mm. questions were, once I've learned this, I wanted to know where Duke found this magical dagger. Where did he go? Who did he talk to? What did he learn? Now, yes. you want to hear yes. this insanity? Apparently, he was supposed Please. to have a spinoff movie, but that didn't happen. But after rewatching Evil Dead 1981 literally last night at my <gasps> dad's house, I was like, God damn it, that Kandarian demon dagger just looks like it could be related to the Voorhees dagger. That and the Necronomicon <gasps> being in the house, I think the director yes. was trying to make Jason a deadite and bridge the Evil Dead and Friday the 13th universes. <gasps> There's apparently a comic book that does just this. I will come back to that in my <gasps> final note. So. Oh my God, Sam Raimi, get in so, on this yes. shit. But like, it's a better yeah, director. Sorry, Adam, though. Oh, sorry, but anyways, I'm gonna come right yeah. back and finish up the whole merging of these stories in my final pieces. Whoa. Okay, that's so yeah. freaking cool. Right. Things could have been cool, but we kind of shit the bed. I didn't want an eight minute slow motion fight scene. I feel like there's there were so many like fuck ups, and they literally just had like hours and hours and hours of footage, and they were like, guys, this is what we have. We have to fucking make something of it, and they counted on the popularity of Jason to make their money back. And yeah, they did make this much at the box office, but not yeah. like a crazy amount more because people. People only went and saw it yeah. like once, but people all went and saw it. And even if somebody says it was so shitty, you still mm-hmm. have to go exactly. see it for yourself, you know? And then they fucked over everybody. And that's why it took Four years. fucking Four like years. 10 <laughs> years or whatever to make yeah. the next movie. Oh. But speaking of 10 years to make the next movie, Jessica's taking 55 minutes to reach under this goddamn fucking dresser. We keep panning to the same shot of her hand, not even trying to reach. It's just kind of there. Put the fucking baby down, Jessica. And Creighton keeps screaming, get the dagger. I want them all to die. And so does Jason. Tired Mm -hmm. of being held back, he picks Duke up and crushes his spine as Jessica has a case of Butterfingers and pushes the precious fucking dagger (laughs) through a crack in the floor and it lands in the dirt in the basement. Idiot. Idiot. I hope her baby lands in the dirt. Idiot. (laughs) Idiot. 
So it's a mad dash to the basement now, guys. Steve yells at Jason to get away from them and tackles Jason out of the window. Then jams a rake in his chest. Joke's on you, buddy. You just handed this guy a free fucking weapon. Jason takes the pole off of the rake and begins beating Steve with it. They uselessly fight back and forth for a bit with different gardening tools, as well as Jason using the entire play structure as a weapon. No joke. He picks up the entire play structure and throws it at He should have just left. He's been reborn already. Why is he even sticking around? I would just like fucking throw a door at them and like jump out the window and fucking run really fast. Because go back to like camp. Saying, exactly. In this whole waste of time, it gives Jessica a chance to reemerge with the precious magic dagger weapon just before Jason yeah. lands his final blow on Steve. So she saves him. Now, like he needs to go recuperate, and then when they come looking for him with the yeah. dagger, which they will eventually, he'll be ready, he'll be ready like it's, Home Alone style at Camp Crystal the paint on the rope put the rope on the door come on jason he's he'll have it figured out he grew up in a mansion after all he be <laughs> rocking around the christmas tree oh, rocking <laughs> around the, the crystal lake <laughs> <laughs> anyways guys it. you know that we couldn't have just triumph over her mean uncle jason at regular frame rate right she jumps at him and plunges the dagger into his chest in what slow motion he backhands her off of him and his chest begins to glow and pulsate those nice little orange flashes that jamie mentioned earlier fireworks though start shooting out of it and into the sky which turns twister green as a violent thunderstorm brews above him Steve takes this opportunity to start cold cocking Jason in the face he's a badass now he's he's the final girl each strike I always knew it. He's the final girl. Every (laughs) final girl deserves to go to the ball. Each strike emits more of these orange flashes. Steve wouldn't be so tough or or effective if Jason didn't have the mystical dagger embedded into his chest, though. Jessica saves him some time of continuously punching. She kicks the dagger fully into Jason's sternum as an explosion of orange light launches them to the ground. But suddenly... Can I... Wait, before you get right to the ending, can I just like throw in an alternate really quickly like of of what got to this point? Imagine this. Imagine um, Jessica has the dagger Mm -hmm. or whatever, but like Jason grabs her from behind. So she like throws the dagger and it ends up landing in the baby's fucking banana box upright. And then Jason um dives over jessica or something or she flips her over and then he lands on the knife that the baby was holding because she's a Voorhees, and it was the baby that the baby goes to jail for murder (laughs) anyways that's actually way less weird than what happens next okay suddenly (laughs) a bright white light shines above from jason the ground rumbles from below and giant muppet hands Mm. break from the earth and start grabbing him all sexily but they don't just grab jason Mm -hmm. no steve becomes a little fistful for these giant paws as they start trying to drag him into the depths of the earth i mean he has murdered people it's true at this point jessica waits a solid 
five or six seconds, I counted, before deciding she's going to do something about any of this. She grabs Steve's hand before growl. Jason's getting in on the action, too. He grabs Steve's legs and starts using him as leverage to get out of this giant jerk-off party happening in the sandbox. The monster hands prove to be too strong, though, <laughs> and as Jason is sucked down into the earth, the inexplicable alien laser beam from above dissipates, and Steve joins Meow. his baby mama in safety. Now, maybe heaven and hell have ooh. to work together to send someone well, to hell. You ever think about that? I was that? thinking about how nothing makes you as horny as surviving both your undead uncle and a UFO attack, but that's just me. <laughs> the estranged couple share a kiss, maybe more, because suddenly it's high noon. Like, the sun is fully in the middle of the sky as ah! the two walk arm in arm down the street. A warm summer breeze blows a pile of dirt we're looking at, and oh hey, the hockey mask is revealed. We pan out at this random fucking dog that comes to grab it for a little literal second, but it runs away as we pan back to it. The mask, I mean. Slowly. Slowly now. Mm -hmm. And bam! Like at the end of Carrie, an arm comes shooting out of the earth to grab the mask. But it's not Jason's <gasps> arm. It's fucking Freddy Krueger's. Freddy's laugh rings out no! as he slowly drags the hockey mask into hell. Now... I love it. I love it. I love it. Tell me all the things that yeah. I already asked you earlier and like more. I want to so, know everything. At the end, when Freddie's glove grabs Jason's mask, mm -hmm. this was meant to be an inside joke, alluding that pitting Jason and Freddie meant against each other had been talked about since about 1987. Like this went back. It mm -hmm. had been... It oh, had man, been intended yes. to be Friday the 13th Part 7, though. It took too long to come up with a good script for that film that an entire other film, we were talking about it earlier, Jason X in 2001, was produced in the interval. Friday vs. Jason didn't come out until 2003, 10 years after this fucking movie. In 2007, and this is coming back to the whole mm -hmm. Evil Dead thing, James... Uh, yeah. Kahorik and Jeff Katz put out a six-part comic book series called Freddy versus Jason versus Ash yeah. versus Ash 2, which ah! tied this weird amalgamation of these three worlds into a freaky little limited time universe. Okay, whoever did Ash versus the Evil Dead needs to make this into like an HBO fucking oh, primo it done. Would be so good. And before we really, really end, you have a little fact that Kane Hodder was featured in a third yeah. role. Yeah, exactly. So Kane didn't just play uh, Jason and didn't just play mullet Danny McBride fucking slappy <laughs> ass. He also, his hand and, and his forearm hand were Jason. <laughs> I mean, uh, Freddy. Freddy! <laughs> Don't even edit that. <laughs> he was Freddy's arm. But like, when yes. we were talking about this earlier, like I said, like, I was like, oh my God. I was like, do you think maybe they made this part after and then added it in because then they had ideas of making a Freddy versus Jason? But then you just reminded me that like Jason in space, like Jason X yeah. is in the middle. So like, does he get sent back to hell after? Because the whole thing with Freddy versus Jason is I would assume it started right after this movie and Freddy versus Jason didn't happen in that universe because he's now been stuck in hell with Freddy because mm -hmm. in Freddy versus Jason, 
Freddie's been controlling Jason yes. and he's like, I'm going to let you go have some fun and get things going. So people get scared and start thinking of me again. But then when he goes to make his first kill, fucking Jason comes in and kills. And then he's all like, you just fucked up boy. And then that's whenever they start going against each other. So he was controlling Jason in hell. So it would make more sense if it was now. And it was like Freddie's fucking arm came up, pulled him down, and was all like, I'm going to make something good out of you. Like, this is going to work Well, out great. do you want to hear something that kind of makes sense? Because you're totally right. Jason should yes. be in hell at the beginning of Freddy versus Jason. Jason X. Yes. He but, is. And yeah, listen, he sends him out. Jason X is set in 2010. So it's set in oh. the future. Remember, they're all in space and shit. As if. So it's after Jason yeah, versus Freddy or Freddy versus Jason. big fucking insane melted soup on i didn't even think about yeah. that i love that i love a universe I love a, yeah yeah you i'm barely that. i'm barely understanding it but i am hanging on i'm trying to like whenever i like i've watched every single thing mm-hmm. in the marvel universe and i love marvel movies um especially over dc because they can't seem to figure it out and keep one fucking storyline ever going but anyways um i love marvel universe so whenever i find out other people have universes and stuff like i get really into it like um clive barker with hellraiser like in the in fucking wicca like you know fan wiki fans or whatever it is there's whole backstories of every single Cenobite and how they I got turned that. into a Cenobite and like what they had wished. And then even with mm-hmm. Nightbreed that we covered in what, two last episode? Last, last, last like episode was uh, ago? Uh, Aftermath. <laughs> uh Anyways, two episodes, but like by episodes, we mean there might be two yes, per one. Yes. Ep- uh, fuck it. Anyways, either way, the Nightbreed they each have their own backstories and stuff like that and like of who each of the characters are and there's actual youtube videos that people have like made of like explaining each of the fucking characters like i've been dying for stephen king to like somehow mold his world together because all of it is surrounding the Mm -hmm. same type of shit which is like young kids with special gifts oh god if he ever did a you know um, i think he would have a heart attack and die like, I mean, the whole, the shining and Dr. Sleep and like the people who mm-hmm. like suck the life out of you. And then also like, also having like the shining, which is just special gifts and stuff like that. It totally goes along with so many other books that I've read that like they, everything seems connected, but like nobody's put mm-hmm. it all together, but either way that's sick. And I would like you know all of these movies to make a universe i want it so badly to all just blend like have michael jason freddie just do it you know what before i die just fucking do it because do we include yes, texas chainsaw course, massacre get leatherface in there get pinhead leatherface have leprechaun one of them you know like those you know those little hand-drawn illustrations where everybody's like in a movie theater together all the horror people but do that yeah, yeah. do that with everybody no you just made me think i thought you were about to say you know that movie the expendables and that they keep making with all the washed up fucking famous old men stars let's do that but with like all of the horror characters 
Uh, you know, like it would be so like, you know, it would be so high school and mean girls, though, because it'd be like the Babadook would be like, what? You guys don't yes. want me to be in there? Is it because I'm gay? Like, <laughs> fuck you guys, you know? And then you'd have like the female characters well, being like, all yeah. the guys get all the yeah. best roles and blah, blah, like, blah. I had to crawl like, TV. Like, who the fuck <laughs> has ever done that before? Yo, I went through yes. a well through a TV <laughs> And did you see the creepy <laughs> video I made? That shit's fucking traumatizing. I love it. Anyways. Anyways, I'm so proud of us for finally getting through it. Thank you guys so much for waiting. I'm so happy. Everybody, keep your fingers crossed because, like, we still haven't uploaded this part yet. So, like, everything's going to be yes. fine. And but either way, our next few episodes, we're definitely going to come out yeah. with much quicker, except for the fact that our next movie we hate even more than yeah, this movie. I, I don't so even think pray for us pray it. for us so um if you could rate this movie anything out of 10 jamie what would it be oh my god three i'm just i that's just you what came what? in my head three you are right on my money i originally rated it a three out of ten then after that cop melting scene i gave it a four yeah just because of the effects four. they you know they they did their best with what was given to them well my three includes <laughs> the effects <laughs> I was just a little bit more fair because of the melting scene, but go on. My three counts as, like, let me think, let me think. Okay, my three counts as one is point mm-hmm. for FX. Um, One point for, like, gross factor in the sense that, like, you have to, like, eat Jason <laughs> and, like, suck, suck him up. Because that shit's, like, kind of gross. They could have got, like, two or three yeah. points for that if... They would have made a fake baby and actually penetrated the baby with the tongue. That would have made it a seven out of ten. Holy for fuck, me. that would have but they changed did not. everything. And again, guys, not in real life. Not in real life. It's a movie. We don't want any anything like hmm. that happening in the world. Guys, I have like fifteen nieces and nephews. Like only like a quarter of those are like related. The rest are just adopted. I'm everybody we don't, worry. don't we want love, anybody to children. be hurt but what we do but what we do want in our films is to be disgusted and horrified and this movie did not have that i laughed 100 i made fun of it adam marcus you kind of shit the bed but you know what directing a jason movie is your first ever movie respect respect yeah yeah and I have to give points to just that last final second with like Freddie's arms because it opens up so many conversations and, and know, possibilities. So and those you know are what? my three. If Creighton all of a sudden has a magical Kandarian dagger and you were trying to do an Evil Dead thing, go the whole way. Don't just show me the Necronomicon and the dagger. I want Jason to be like talking shit. Tell me. Mel, let's write an email to Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> And introduce him to fucking Duke Creighton. Like, he, if he feels like oh, a grindhouse film. Oh, like so much. Like machete. Yes. At the machete. Like, it would be like he would be in one of those commercials. And then there's an actual, <laughs> like, fucking film about him. And he's yes. a monster hunter. Yeah. Like, it doesn't just... It's not just Jason. It started with Jason when he was, like, a teenager yeah. with his little high school girlfriend. And he pulled him under. And it traumatized him. But, like, he, you know... Oh, oh, my God. Also, sorry. I know we're still recording. And this is meant to be in this. <laughs> but I needed to point out something that I almost completely forgot. And if I would have listened to this and remembered, I would have fucking... <laughs> I mean, no, I wouldn't. I'm going to cut that. I would have punched myself in the fucking neck. 
And then Anyways. the little lizard would have crawled out of there. All right. Well, I'm so proud of us. Let's wrap this up. And again, I'm going to just thank you guys yes, one, more, one more time you. for waiting, waiting it out. We love you. Hallelujah. It. It's fucking done. I never have to look at this shit ever again. We're not doing a Jason movie until like the mm-hmm. next Friday, the 13th or something. And it's going to be Jason in space. Yeah, like, I, I don't need fucking it to be. care. It's going to be Jason. And, and, I'm going to watch it because- right now. And not Phantasm. <laughs> because you guys know what's next, and Jamie just said it, Phantasm. Um, plug that trailer in there. Anybody who loves that movie, I'm sure you'll be stoked. We're going to try and give it a chance. So tune in next episode, because that's what we'll be doing. I'm done with this episode. Goodbye, everybody. We are Boo Crime. And until next time, boo-bye. <laughs> boo-bye. And... Okay, I'm closing these notes. I'm not fucking. Phantasm. Is it a nightmare? Phantasm. Is it an illusion? Phantasm. Is it an evil? take me home. No questions. You must take me home. Phantasm. Is it a fantasy? Dead.